0: Ireland is known for its folklore.
1: Our host. The man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women but hates the woman. From the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full-blooded half-Mexican, J.P. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cunningham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine. Jeremy, together they are known for extending a helping hand to vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror.
0: Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 131 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, the ill-mented, funky child, also known as Moods. Yeah. And in the house tonight, we have the man who hates Japanese horror films, eggs, and to laugh. Double Shot (laughs) J, a.k.a. JP.
2: All those are true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And making his who-fucking-knows-what appearance on the show, we have the man who likes to pick fights with boiling hot soup and loses, the man with the phantom girlfriend, the Boston (laughs) Green... Boston Green Pie himself, a.k.a. (laughs) the Boston Brando. Derek here. Fuck, I Oh, I started to laugh. I I don't know what it is about the Boston cream pie donut that makes me laugh, man.
3: <laughs> it's Aaron Gobragg. It's just so.
0: Crazy. I feel like
2: it's. I'm gonna guess and say 13th appearance.
0: It, it's it's up there, man.
3: It's the 13th or 14th. Yeah, man.
0: It's yeah. like – Yeah. I lose. Track. I lose track, man. That's like that's like regular host shit right there. That's a good percentage. It's been,
2: yeah, we've been bi-weekly for a while now, but I, I think going forward, starting this week we should be at least here for the next couple weeks yes um so yeah i, I think next week our show is kind of up in the air what we're doing um because based on like if you get the strangers which i don't think you will so we might return to that eli roth it is spotlight not idea looking that we to do promising
0: whatsoever <laughs> at this moment um i don't know i was i was you know i, I didn't even think we were gonna get Death Wish. But it yeah. showed it showed up last minute and I was like, OK, that's that's a good sign. But the strangers, ugh, I don't know, it just doesn't yeah. seem like which a title. is
2: fine because we did promise that Eli Roth spotlight Two part two type thing that we were going to do. So that, that's fine. It's a good time to do that. Um, and then also I did I did want to just throw this out there. So how about this? It is our first ever St. Patrick's Day special.
1: Yes. How about
0: that? Hell yes. Yeah. This is, yeah, man. Irish flicks. Irish We've flicks. never
2: had a St. Patrick's Day special before. No, Even we, our Leprechaun show that we did wasn't in March.
0: No, it wasn't. It was very, very random.
2: Sounds, uh, like, yeah. a screen
3: <laughs> fa- sounds like a Scream Factory type of deal.
0: But this is, you know, <laughs> actually, you know, something I've been wanting to do for a long time. So it came in perfect timing. Uh, we know that there's not, like, you know, a massive list of Irish flicks, but I think the ones that we got lined up today are. We're picks. We're good picks, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. But there, what is with that? Why didn't the Irish make films until you know until recently? What what the fuck
2: is the deal with that? I have no idea, man. Like I I, I like the culture in Ireland, and I I like the um you know the people. Like I I like obviously I'm a huge Conor McGregor fan, but I, I think that it's weird that they don't have such a, a huge you know, standing point in, in film.
0: I know it's and really, at least in horror. I mean, you know, horror horror, it, yeah. I mean, Rawhead Rex is like an early one, you know, later 80s type, type thing. And then, and then maybe that's
3: why, maybe, maybe <laughs> that's what it was like.
0: Oh, we made Rawhead Rex, man. We, we suck at making horror films, but I mean, really, I mean, in like the last 30 years, there's only been, you know, like over a dozen. It's crazy. You know, I don't know if they have like a government funded program thing kind of there, you know, like, you know, people have always wondered why there, there's not that many horror films that were made out of like New Zealand and stuff because they were all funded through the government and shit. Maybe <laughs> the Irish, maybe Ireland has a program like that. I don't know, I'm not 100 percent sure. But they just don't make a lot of films. But but when they do make films, they're pretty quality. It's kind of like New Zealand, right? Every time they yeah. drop a film, it seems to be pretty damn quality. So that's cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So this episode was picked by a handful of our Patreon. Uh, Supporters, Derek being one of them, correct?
3: It was. It was. Which
2: film did you actually pick?
3: uh, I believe it will be the first film that we review tonight. Isolation.
2: Okay, and I believe who who was the other supporter? Sam. Sam and James Couch. And which one did Sam pick?
3: Byzantium.
0: Byzantium, and yeah, and James picked. Yeah, yeah, he picked the canal. Yeah.
2: Okay, that's cool. Because I was wondering, I didn't know where these had come from. But uh, all three first-time watches for me, I was pretty excited about that. Uh, Another thing that I do just want to throw out there real quick, um, since we've recorded, I've actually done a few guest spots, and I wanted to show love to those shows. Uh, First up is Kill the Cast, um, KFC. They did a creature feature commentary uh, on the film Anaconda from 1997. And I joined them for that. It was pretty fun. I haven't seen that film in a long time. It was one of those movies where, like, I actually really like Anaconda, so it was kind of hard to talk about because I hadn't seen it in so long, and I just wanted to watch it. <laughs> so we were doing a commentary on a movie that we were like, kind of like all like felt like watching at that moment. So yeah. it was kind of a weird thing, but we were kind of funny in it too. And then um, I did a guest appearance on The Woodsboro Bros. Um They did a. Underrated show Where four hosts Carly also guested on there Picked mm-hmm. an underrated film And then uh, we we you know Had four reviews And that was a blast I had I, a lot of fun with that It was a good show
3: I actually listened to it It was a really good show Especially that last review Was making me laugh I
2: Yeah love. And I feel like I absolutely Killed it on Bedeviled Which was the underrated film I picked um, And I think that I did a great job reviewing it. So if you want to hear about some underrated films and then a not a not underrated one, uh, listen to that show. Carly picked Excision, which was the first time I ever watched that. That was really exciting. <clears throat> um, and Austin picked an Irish film actually, and that's from the dark. Uh, yeah. and then I'm Andrew a- picked
0: Phantoms. Oh, what a surprise.
2: which by the way sucks (laughs) yeah so um we might i don't know uh, we haven't talked about it but we might invite andrew on next uh not next show but the show after that uh as he actually picked the theme and i want to hear him so talk about them
0: i thought that the 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 theme of the show was underrated why the fuck did he pick phantoms
2: because he thinks it's underrated he
3: like he likes that film
2: yeah, actually, actually <laughs> it's
3: it's it's actually funny in the show. Without giving too much away, he's like, "It's my least favorite of this era." I'm like, and like JP's like, "Why the fuck did you pick it then?"
2: <laughs> well, I guess. But it's funny because he's like, he starts going into this metaphor about how like he loves Doritos and like all these different flavored Doritos are like all these different floating head 90s flicks and how like some of them are going to be lesser good flavors but he still loves them because they're doritos and austin uh said well phantoms must be dick flavored doritos (laughs) and it was seriously one of the funniest things i've ever heard on a podcast (laughs) <laughs> it was great that, he really absolutely true. killed that joke it was it, like people need to listen to that show because there was a lot of funny moments in it and uh, it i was. think we all were kind of bashing andrew's pick of phantoms and he's like at the end he's like you know uh, you guys have talked me down a little bit and it was like he, get, he went from like an eight to a 7.5 or something
0: oh christ <laughs>
2: uh but yeah we're gonna do our own 90s floating head show uh in a couple weeks we we have not touched many 90s flicks and we've definitely not done a episode devoted to 90s films so i'm pretty excited about that
0: yeah i'm not overly excited i one of the films i didn't even know what it was it's crazy i think it was the curve or something like that. I think that was one of the. Yeah, ones. you've I, never seen that? No, I've never seen it before. Oh, it's
3: pretty cool. Man. With Matthew Lillard. So yeah.
0: that was kind of shocking. Years since I've seen that shit. To have a film pick that I'd never seen before. <laughs> so
2: yeah, it's kind and of I, more of a thriller, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. So that's maybe why you haven't seen it. But yeah, um, I I think I actually am really excited about two of those movies that we're covering, and then not so much about the third one. Well, one but, of
0: them I've actually reviewed on this show.
2: I did know that because I knew that – I remember the title the say saying that, yeah.
0: Yeah. So. Cool. But, cool. So any other guest spots that you did? You
2: want to uh, on? I don't think so. I don't think I've done any other guest spots, but um, I've been asked a few times for some upcoming stuff. so And I know Jeremy is going to be venturing out and doing some guest spots too. Ironically, huh? Easy.
0: I can't even Oof. believe – the show that he's doing, like, it's just, it's tripping me out, man. Yeah. Jersey, like, Jersey is he, Shore Shark Attack? Because he always, he always talks about how much he hates shark films. Like, he loathes them.
1: And he's doing- I feel like he hates everything, too.
0: But he really, really hates shark films. And I was just like, what? That's the show that you're doing? I'm like, that's fucking bizarre. Beyond yeah. bizarre. We,
2: we got some crazy stuff coming up, man. I mean, we have, dude, like, first of all, I can't wait to get out of the damn winter i know you guys are pretty excited about that too but once yeah. april hits i got a, I got, we got a whole bunch of cool stuff planned i think we're d- we're doing the stepfather well it was going to be the trilogy but we're going to throw the remake in there too because we, we come we're completest here <laughs> um but that's pretty cool i'm excited about that to do in april and then of course we're going to do the 76 76- show in april finally yes finally so We got some stuff coming your way. I know people – I know that, like, sometimes some episodes are a little – you know, like, I Saw the Devil, great, great movie. Doesn't translate well into an actual episode. Like, I think the days of just having a one-film episode are kind of past. I don't think people get excited for it anymore.
0: No. No. I I mean, I think the last couple episodes that we did with just one main review did really poor – yeah, really They did
2: all of the ones we've done with one film. It, it could be really it could boring.
0: be a combination of what they were following, also because I think that show followed the Hellraiser show.
2: Hellraiser, yeah.
0: Which you know was, you know was a kind of a, kind of an epic show because it was so long, right? So I don't know, maybe that off puts people. I, it just doesn't look good side by side, one film versus yeah, ten. Yeah,
2: I threw this out. I was like, well, I guarantee if we just put, a another like, say, South Korean revenge film in there, like, even just bedeviled, and we titled it South Korean Revenge, I guarantee you it would have done way better. Just just because I I feel like the... I don't really know why we
0: didn't do that.
2: I I think just because we were kind of we've watched i think we had a ton of patreon and, watches and, yeah, and what we did. watched since we only did two shows th- that month and one of them was a franchise show
0: yeah I did fucking nine <laughs> patreon reviews that one it's crazy yeah. it's crazy shit um but yeah man derek back in the house man just, uh, Hell yeah hasn't actually been that long were you just on like five episodes ago
3: like in December,
0: he was the on
2: the Gene um, Rowland show.
3: Yeah, the Gene Rowland show that was recent. I gotta, I, I gotta pay the guest star, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's kind of funny. how I
0: was actually joking about that too on last episode. I like, I, I came to the conclusion that I'm a fucking dick, like an absolute dick, man. So you fucking bought me Kurosawa's Dreams, and sent yeah. it to me out of the kindness of your heart, and then <laughs> you had to pay you to watch, and it. and then you had to fucking <laughs> well, pay me to well, watch. Well, actually, actually,
3: actually. That was actually my uh, free credit that I used. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
2: Which, by the way, people do get free credits, but if you don't claim them, I can't. I can't remember when you have them. If you tell me you have them, I could go back and check and see how many times you've done it, and I could confirm that you've had them. But I'm not like you have to let me know, <laughs> just so everybody knows.
3: I'm counting my next one because JP's my next victim. God. <laughs> don't worry, <laughs> no. I won't torture you. I'll
1: say okay. it was
0: Jeremy. I mean, yeah, mostly good. I mean, it's been good. It's been good. I, I like the shit that we get.
2: I've been really happy with all my picks, really. I usually don't love the Japanese ones just because I don't know. I, I just.
0: <laughs> See, my biggest complaint, though, with, with some of the picks that I get is that they're just rewatches for me. But I've yeah. I mean, I've heard from even guys like Mikey. Mikey's like, well, you fucking seen everything, so it's kind of hard to pick something.
2: If if anybody wants to use that wants to burn their picks in April and only give us 1976 watches, I won't be opposed to it. I'm just saying. <laughs>
3: <laughs> again, we're doing
0: the show. He's, he's already forced to watch these things.
2: <laughs> Cuz I I've only got about 7 watches so far and and that show is Dude, quickly I thought, approaching.
0: I thought Jeremy was doing poor. Man, you are sucking floppy donkey dicks at this right now.
2: He was ahead <laughs> of me. I think I just passed him <laughs> up again. <laughs>
0: I can watch this. Dude, I had like 24 or something before the new year even started.
2: <laughs> Dude, at this rate, I could have literally did the show a month after we did the previous one because i watched about as many movies as I would have in a month.
0: I'd watched quite a few because I thought we might be doing the 76 show like at the end of February kind of deal. I think that was like... A... I
2: definitely want to... That was originally, I think, the
0: yeah, first so, plan. Yeah, so I was really putting in the work and then all of a sudden it's like, we're oh, not going to do it today. So I've been... Not slacking, but I've been just kind of watching them very periodically. So I'm gonna
2: try our damnedest to get a second one in the year of 2018, because the last two years we've only done one extra one, one retro one. I want to do two. My goal was to always do two per year, and we kind of been fucking up on that a little bit. But last October brutalized us Uh, between uh, October, November, December, January was the craziest time we've ever had on this show
0: yeah the stretch of i mean it wasn't just the fact that we did what 15 straight shows but it was the shows themselves they weren't just yeah. normal shows there was like how many franchises in there yeah we kind of we kind of burnt ourselves out a tad bit you know mm-hmm. but you know it, it, this has been good going bi-weekly yeah. and not, and really people haven't even really know i don't know if they've noticed or they haven't said anything but You know, like oh you guys are not putting out as much material as you were before i haven't really been hearing that so maybe people are kind of just liking the bi-weekly thing i don't know but yeah
2: i know there was a ton of people that were like four or five episodes behind so i mean (laughs) it gives everybody a good chance to catch up like and you know we're we're, we're, we've said that this year during the you know bulk of the year we're going to take it easy on franchise shows you know obviously we just did the um hellraiser show and that's pretty much our main big one for most of the year I would, pro- I would probably guess uh we're gonna do a like a four film with the stepfather and then we're actually gonna do it was voted on by you guys but we're gonna do a franchise roundup show which we're gonna pick three films that we previously uh reviewed franchises for that have had sequels since then such as like leprechaun origins uh Phantasm 5 and Children of the Corn The Runaway and I think we're shooting for April for that show actually so that'll be a three film show
0: yeah the Children of the Corn film comes out like right away here doesn't it so
2: yeah I think it's about to come out like soon yeah it's like within like a week or two so yeah so we're gonna do that that'll probably be April and then we actually do have another show planned for April so we might be all booked up in April Um, we'll have to see
0: I, I have to say I'm actually looking forward to that franchise roundup show because I know I, 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 I want to talk about man. yeah like I want to talk about Phantasm <laughs> Five, and frankly I'm a, I, I don't know why because I probably shouldn't be considering how lackluster mm-hmm. the franchise really is, but I'm kind of excited for the new Children of the Corn film. I know I know people, I are, laughing. people well, are laughing, people are laughing, or even shutting off the podcast right you now. This fucking moron excited for a children <laughs> of our film, but...
2: Well, a lot of people forget that we liked most of the children in the corns. There was only, like, two that we actually hated. Five and six. Oh, man.
0: Yep. Five and six. Those are brutal films, but I, I'm curious to see what they're going to do with it. Like, I haven't actually read into anything about it, you know, so... I just
2: know that it's directed by um, one of the Gulligers, am I right?
0: Yeah. Is, is it is it playing off the last John film? Do you,
2: do I don't think that? it's playing off the last film. I think it's it's
0: own it, it's, thing. Um, it's a sequel in name,
2: right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's directed by John Gulliger, who, you know, did Feast. Oh, is that? Um, really?
0: <clears throat> OK, so yeah. then we might actually get it. A, a I'm decent not 100 percent sure. OK, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, man, we got I mean, the more franchises that we do, the more roundup shows we're going to end up having to do. I mean, we still have fucking uh, Victor Crowley to do, too. Right oh yeah
2: oh yeah yeah
1: <laughs> so there's another yeah so one. maybe
2: we'll do maybe we'll do like victor crowley um we'll do phantasm or maybe we'll do like i don't know we'll figure it out but probably victor crowley will be there and then which kind of annoys me because oh. that hatchet show is like perfect <laughs> well you know what we
0: might as well even wait we can do three now but then we have a halloween, like halloween is coming out later this year which that's gonna oh yeah be part of a roundup too
2: this is just volume one, homie. Oh, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, you yeah. know, I mean,
0: I don't think we really have to worry about, you know, the big, big franchise. We could probably just go ahead and do those fuckers. You know, like Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. Friday the Thirteenth, because we ain't getting anything else. Let's well do them.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think oh, they're. Yeah. I think
0: they're dead in the water, man. So
2: probably, probably. But, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's it's
0: the everlasting. It, it's the never-ending question. Like, you know how many fucking times a week people ask me when we're going to do those? Or if we're... No, the people are like, are you guys going to do them? I'm like, yeah, of course we're going to do them. When? I don't fucking know. Hell yeah. Pay me, motherfucker. Pay me. Maybe we'll put it on the Patreon as a... Maybe we'll put it on the Patreon as like a special exclusive uh, $50. You paid me $50. We'll do that. No, I'm just joking. That would, that would be cheap, honestly. They're big-ass big friends. I mean, for the most... I mean, Friday 13th is just monstrous, but... Yeah, um, but you know they're eventually gonna get done. So, stay tuned, yeah. man. I mean, stay there's tuned. still
2: so many franchises out there: Puppet <laughs> Master, Amityville, Species—I mean, subspecies and species. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's never. there's so many. <laughs> it never well, and there's
0: a new one. Apparently there's a new franchise. This Robert. How many fucking movies can they
3: make in like two years? Four? I think there's four. <laughs> yeah, that, that was pretty interesting.
2: <laughs> I'm kind of curious about those now. Are they like
3: uh, Walmart exclusives?
2: I guess. I see some... them all the time at Walmart and I'm like I thought I had just been seeing the same movie, <laughs> but what honestly, is it? it's been a Did they new they one every couple months.
0: Did they start making, like, what, are they a ripoff of, like, Annabelle or something like that? I, that... I,
2: think, I think that's the thing, but actually, the, the, like I think there's actually a real Robert Dahl, like, there. urban legend thing.
0: Oh, okay, well, that actually makes sense, then. But I yeah. just, I was, like, shocked at how many they'd made recently. I'm like, there's four <laughs> of those fuckers, man? Jeez, a whole other franchise just popped up. There's always there the, the evil bong franchise. Oh,
2: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. There's, there's like a million. There's like a million of them. But
2: so oh do man, like to do? you
0: guys do
2: Exorcist, which is Cube, a nothing, you know, honest,
0: the Exorcist franchise has been asked. I've been asked about a million times, too. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton that we could do
2: Plus, dude, I still want to do like Tales from the Crypt season two.
0: We should we should just write that. We should just do that recently. Recently, we should do it upcoming.
2: yeah yeah. well i think we're kind of we're a little booked up right now but definitely after after our
0: it'll be one of those summer extravaganza ones yeah tales from the crypt season books all right books all right well you know what we should do we should um get into some news so we're gonna do
2: okay okay yeah we could do some news We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! First up, got a couple of Blu-rays announced from Scream Factory. They announced Curse of the Cat People, which is the Cat People sequel from, uh, I believe, what, the 40s? Yeah, right?
1: and the
3: Val Lewin one, yep. Which I believe you guys covered the first one during a remake versus,
2: a, or OG versus remake Yeah, show. One of our worst shows ever in terms of popularity.
0: cat people yeah from 1942 (laughs) yeah I know and and, you know that's the question got brought up last show it's like you know we don't do a lot of older shows but or a lot of films but I think it has to do with they're never they're they don't do well you know I don't think they
2: they really don't it's not that we
0: don't want to do them it's just we also want to put out content that people are interested in you know I think more people are just (laughs) you know from 1950 up I think anything before that seems to be I don't know, either talk to death you know or just not that interesting that's I think I if out. we did
2: like Universal Monsters Volume 1 or something like it people would be like inclined to check it out but I feel like just random like I feel like you almost have to make a theme out of it like well that's um, I like if, we if we did a top 10 of 1956 or something Yeah, I think people would be interested but
0: I think there was only 10 horror films that came out that year
2: <laughs> there's a few years where there's only like thirteen. And it's like dude, think, these would be easy to do, <laughs> dude. Before IMDb
0: went and fucked up their whole search engine thing, you know, how you could like click on the year and then click on horror and you shit can like still that. Do that. Really? I for some reason I can't do. I don't know, but I think it was 1951 or something. There wasn't one horror film listed from the year. It's like what the wow. fuck? Yeah, it was like so crazy. I don't know if there is now. Maybe they're just we're missing off there, but pretty crazy yeah. shit. But yeah, no. Coming back to the, the the theme thing, I wanted to do even like going back to Val Luton, like, doing a Val Luton uh, theme show. Because the guy's... Res- spotlight. Cause he's so he's responsible for so many good films, and I don't think a lot of people even know the name Val Luton. It's kind of interesting. You throw his name yeah, out there, people are like... there's
2: definitely not a lot of people who do. You know. Yeah, I know. Yeah,
0: and He's even got a fuck. There's a good documentary about him and shit. Pretty interesting. So that'd be yeah, kind of
3: Scors- Scorsese's a huge fan.
0: Oh, big time. Very influential, right? Mm-hmm. So...
2: Uh, they also announced Giant Killer Rabbit movie Night of Lepis, Lepus, which I yes.
0: I've seen. Oh, amazing! That is amazing, man. That's amazing.
2: But I do love my killer animals of the '70s, which going through, I'd say like, like probably five out of the seven films that I watched from '76 are killer animal movies.
0: <laughs> so they had some good ones.
2: Yeah, no, they do. I like them. I I really do. I I like killer animal movies, and the 70s did a lot of fun stuff. I actually, last night, I started watching Food of the Gods, but I fell asleep. Because that stupid time change screwed me up. Because, like, it was, I was like, oh, it's only two. Oh, it's only three. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like, it was like four o'clock already, and I was like, yeah, I better go to sleep.
0: Yeah, actually, that's one I still need to rewatch. I haven't, uh, done the rewatch of Food of the Gods, but that's a fun movie, man. I love the effects. All the miniatures and yeah.
1: shit. You re- <laughs> don't mean I miniatures. Reviewed,
3: yeah, I, re- I reviewed that during my like first 31 days of horror, I believe. Yeah, movie. it's a fun one.
2: Yeah. Uh, after that, um, there is a new film, uh Nicolas Cage horror movie called Mandy, which is acquired by RLJ Films. Uh, Image, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, kind yes. of. I think it's the same company, but Image doesn't. Does Image really have? I don't know. It's weird. I,
3: I think, think Image um, became RJ Entertainment. Real or yeah, whatever
2: the I, I thought
0: it was. Uh, I'm pretty sure those releases still say Image on. I think that's a sub yeah. label of Image. That's just what they put <laughs> them out under. I think that's what it is.
2: Um. So it's set in 1983. Nicholas Cage plays a man named Red Miller. Uh, A broken and haunted man who hunts the unhinged religious sect who slaughtered the love of his life actually sounds kind of cool So it's drive angry again Uh, I'm not sure because that's what happens
3: in drive angry
2: Uh, I've never seen it
3: (laughs) when I do own it though
2: But yeah, that's pretty interesting because cage just did mom and dad which was a horror film so yeah I was just gonna say that some some horror which is true. I've always liked Nick Cage. Yeah, he's, he's done a few horror films. Well, I guess he's, he's... getting
0: sick of doing those straight-to-video straight to action thrillers and shit. He's like, well, wow, I'm going to take a different approach here. Switch up yeah. the genres a little bit. I recently watched Nick Cage's uh, Vengeance, you know, because it was like a revenge film. I love those films. And it was it was pretty average. That's the thing, you know. The best thing about mm-hmm. that film, though, was Nick Cage's fucking the dye job on his hair. It just made it look f- so phony. Like, oh, my God, man. that guy's got to stop dyeing his hair, man. It just looks it looks ridiculously bad.
3: It, it was like Michael Caine on Deadly Ground Bad.
0: <laughs> pretty much, pretty <laughs> much. Yeah, it's, it's pretty savage, man. But no, that, that's cool, man. Nick Cage in horror films. I mean, if we can get some awesome performances like uh, Vampire's Kiss, like that might be the best performance of all time. I'm going on record. I'm stating it is the most over the top insane performance of all time. This is a good top yeah. ten list, or even a top five. Most over-the-top performances of all time. Nick Cage probably has it in a few different categories, or films. But in Heart, that, that get, one right I
3: there. Get, I can name, like, six Nick Cage films.
0: Oh, I mean, yeah. Like, *Wild at Heart*, But, like, vampires, it's just everything about that film. The dialogue to his expression. That ridiculous fucking accent that he has. And nobody even knows what it is. Like... <laughs> That, that's the thing I, lo- I love about Nick Cage. He's terrible at doing accents, but he just continues to do these insanely odd accents in film. Like, this movie is set in New York, but it's not a New York accent. It's not any of the five boroughs' different accents or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> he just, he's not foreign. It's like a combination of, like, this foreign accent, some weird, like, Bronx. It's just... Fuck, man. Nick Cage cracks me up, man. Best <laughs> performance of all time. I don't know why I just went on a tangent about Vampire's Kiss again. But if you've never seen the film... And you're listening to this right now. Check it out. Just for the
3: over the top, most over-the-top performance of all time. What What movie was that paired with on the Scream Factory? Uh, uh, Love it. First Bite?
0: No, no. Maybe? Um, <laughs> High Spirits? High Spirits, yeah. All right. Which, did, um, which th- honestly didn't hold up. You know, it was a film <laughs> I, I saw growing up and rewatching it when Scream Factory put it out. I was like, this isn't as good as I remembered it to be.
3: You know, I can I know go that back to have a lot kids. of like production problems.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's still, people still talk very highly of it. But I mean, if I'm grabbing that double
3: feature, I'm going straight for the Nick baby. we'll, we'll be talking about the director of that movie in a little bit. True that.
2: Uh, next up, this I thought this is pretty cool. Um, so, if you want a companion piece to our Howling episode. You can pick up the complete history of the Howling, a new book that comes out May 12th, which is supposedly going to take a in-depth look at the entirety of the Howling franchise. Oh, wow. sweet.
0: I hope we get some which insight I to parts. I
2: actually like reading that cuz I just want to see what the hell they were thinking <laughs> with some of those films.
0: Oh, I I I think I'd skip read Through everything and read the information about Part Seven, because that is that's that's some shit right there, man. Like, I want to (laughs) know why that thing was even made.
3: It's so bad. Well, any of those later Hellen sequels are just interesting to read about. Like, how the fuck did they come up with this shit?
0: You know, the interesting thing about the found yeah the franchise is that the majority of the films are all so different, but it doesn't make them good either. Yeah. No, it's just the, the ideas were always like, I mean, they have the 10 little Indians idea. They have like the marsupials one, man. It's just fucking,
2: they, they, I wonder they if ch- he listened to our podcast, the guy who wrote this, maybe because it's just looking at his Twitter. It looks like he did a bunch of research. Yeah, <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> Imagine
3: you guys on like, um, in the book somewhere.
2: <laughs> yeah, that would be cool.
3: <laughs> what what do I call part seven? A, a
0: 90 minute, uh, country, Western video music video music video <laughs> or whatever the fuck it was that movie sucks <clears throat> JP will still try to defend it though
2: I mean I didn't hate it as much as you guys but uh, so uh, this was pretty cool this is um, news here um, of Blumhouse good old Blumhouse who's probably my favorite horror film production company right now uh, they have unveiled a new film um, A sequel that was kind of done secretly uh, at the South by Southwest Film Festival that's going on, I believe, right now. Uh, they announced Unfriended Dark Web. So this is a sequel to the Unfriended film of 2014, which I believe we all liked. We didn't love. I think we came in about 6.5 on it. Uh, Jeremy loved it, but yeah. then he even came down a little bit. You know, I was... We watched the.
0: I was a little bit shocked that Blumhouse was doing a sequel to this film. Now did unfriended do well for them? And I mean, it obviously did well enough that they're doing a sequel to it, but I just didn't think that film had the popularity or did well enough to warrant a sequel. I was kind of, I was kind of shocked um, considering Blumhouse doesn't really miss with a lot of their films. You know, they're very successful with, you know, their, their ratio from, you know, miss or, you know, from hits to misses okay, is pretty good. Well,
2: it made sixty-four million dollars and it cost one million to make. It made sixty-four million?
0: Like oh, yeah. like total. Like to- okay.
2: Yeah, total, total. But still, they only spent one million on it. Yeah, it
0: looks like they only spent a million on it. I mean it's all done computer screens and, yeah. It's not really yeah, a lot I, That do was it.
2: one of the things that I actually liked how it was done though. I did know?
0: too. I, I thought the premise of the film was better than the film itself. Unfortunately. Yeah. But it wasn't bad.
2: I mean, it's... I, I very much enjoyed it. Like, I, I gave it a low rating because I didn't like certain things about it. But in terms of pure entertainment, I thought it was very entertaining.
0: Oh, yeah, it was definitely entertaining. Um,
2: <laughs> but I'm excited about this one because, first of all, it's getting positive reviews already. Um, and two, I have just been really, like, interested in I've – I've been, like, watching a lot of top five videos just randomly on YouTube – at night, and I, I was watching like stuff about the dark web, which for those of you who don't know, it's like basically um, a hidden part of the internet that you need certain programs to access, and it's mostly used for buying drugs, uh, buying you know escorts and, and porn and stuff like that, and uh, essentially um, like all kind of like illegal fraudulent stuff, buying guns, stuff like that. Um, so and there's a lot of crazy stories from like because it's completely unmoderated you know what i mean it's a section of the internet that is completely like hidden (laughs) so that that kind of is interesting that they're kind of focusing on that and this one that sounds kind of cool so i'm sure we'll see it probably either later this year or early next year
0: whoa 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 back the fuck up here reach to the beginning you're watching youtube videos
2: I've been watching a lot of YouTube (laughs) lately.
0: Wow. That's interesting because you like never watch YouTube videos.
2: Yeah, it's kind of been my nightly ritual lately when I should be watching 1976 movies. Fucking slacker. Slacker (laughs) shit, man. Um so yeah, after that, uh we have just a couple more pieces of news. Um santa clarita diet season two trailer is hit oh nice uh it, nice. it's coming out this month march 23rd which i absolutely love the first season so i'm excited Me too, to man. see where season two goes yeah, not many it, people talked about it, it, I was, loved it.
0: it was legitimately funny as hell yeah i marathon that shit man i watched the first episode
3: and i was like this is pretty good so like, yeah fucking olfan fucking was fucking hilarious in that show
2: yeah <laughs> they they so was Drew Barrymore. It was great, great time. So I'm excited to see what they do with that. That'll be on Netflix March 23rd, which is just a couple weeks away. Uh, so you guys should enjoy that. If you've never seen it, start binging the first season now. You won't, rec- you won't regret it. Definitely. So um, if you guys remember a few months ago, it was reported that after what was it, Fox? Who bought Fox? Disney? Who bought Fox? Disney. I don't even remember. Okay. Yeah. After Disney bought Fox, uh, the film The New Mutants, which was supposed to come out in actually just a little over a month in April, uh, got pushed back uh, 10 months all the way till February of 2019. And everybody was kind of like, oh man, like what the hell's going on here? Well, apparently, the reason that it was pushed back after talking to the star, one of the stars of the film, Anna Taylor Joy who um Anna Taylor Joy was she in the witch? Is that she what she was in the
3: witch and split.
2: Yeah, split the witch coming becoming a little scream queen herself said that uh they they put push the movie back to do reshoots. And essentially what they're going to be doing is adding a brand new character that wasn't originally in the movie. What? Um and yeah, so th- they must be doing a lot of reshoots and uh it says I it says also that they were pushing it back to make a lot of uh, to amp up the terror and make it a true horror movie, as originally promised by the director. Huh. So oh. that sounds good to me, right? Like, okay, so let's make it dark. Like, it wasn't dark enough. We're we're trying to sell this as a horror film. Let's make it even darker. Because most people were thinking that it was the opposite. Like they they thought it was too dark, so they pulled it, and then they're gonna tone it down or whatever. But to me, it sounds like. Way cooler that they're making it dark. This movie because this was what's
0: that? Yeah, this, this thing better do well when it gets released because these reshoots are probably co- costing a shit ton of money on top of the budget that they've already spent.
2: Well, it's, I mean, for it one is character. X-Men. It so, is Marvel. Yeah, it Marvel. I, I, I imagine it'll
0: do well. Oh, well, you know, of course. Well, I mean, who knows? I mean, it is Marvel, and their movies seem to just knock shit right out the park. Um, <clears throat> but who knows? Are these? You know the. The Marvel fans that are going to see these films, are they going to see a straight up horror film?
2: I don't know. I don't but know. I hope. I ho- like. I. This was my number like three most anticipated film of twenty eighteen. So, I, like, yeah. well, now it'll be twenty nineteen. It definitely but, like. Is. I'm really excited to see it, just because it's. I, I like the idea of doing a X Men horror movie. That just sounds cool to it's me. It definitely piqued yeah. my
0: curiosity a little bit more. If they're you know putting this effort into making it a true horror film. I, I just I've never heard of a production going back and doing reshoots to add a character that's yeah
3: that's that, a, well they, well, that's they probably a, had rights to another character now since
2: well Disney I mean they they've probably two. yeah well I know because I believe Fox owned X-Men to begin with you know well, certain mean, so.
3: characters they didn't own still too the from the X-Men the original oh really well because yeah certain characters Marvel slash Disney owns and other characters that's why you never see like Wolverine and shit in like the Avengers movies.
2: Yeah, but that's that's because he's in the X Men.
3: Yeah, because Fox owns them. But now that they're joined, they get maybe there's going to be a character from like the ones that they own from Disney inside this new new Mittens. That's what I'm trying to get. That
2: yeah, I have no idea. Huh. We'll have to wait. Yeah. And see. But uh, so moving on here, um, this was actually. We reported the last time we did a show that the Weinstein company was being sold. Uh, Bloody Disgusting um, r- reported this from Deadline, actually. Uh, but apparently, the deal is off. Basically, uh, the the sale that was going to happen is now no longer happening. So essentially, they have to um, go bankrupt. I don't know how all this works, but uh, according to Deadline, this is most likely... Uh, will mean that the Weinstein Company's assets uh, follow the patch to the 363 bankruptcy, which would wash the assets of obligations and allow about 20 other studio or 20 other suitors to pick the company's carcass apart. Uh, This is uh, awful news for those employed at the company, but it's actually good news for us genre fans as many of these assets are going to be shopped around town as opposed to trapped between new investors and Bob Weinstein-led Dimension Films. So essentially, from what I understand, is all these other companies and studios are going to have an opportunity to pick up the rights to like many of the Weinstein-owned films. So like Scream to Hellraiser to Children of the Corn, which, by the way, one thing that nobody's considering is I have a feeling that it's possible that we could start seeing Blu-ray releases of films that were originally released under that Dimension Extreme line, which have since pretty much been exclusively to DVD and never had re-releases. That would be cool. So there's a lot of cool films on there that, you know, I could see companies picking up and releasing and giving special editions to. Uh, I, well, I'm it, already,
3: it, yeah, I'm already picturing now if I fucking Arrow's Hellraiser Scholar Box Volume 2 all the other, with all the <laughs> shitty fucking sequels. Well, not the shitty, like, you know, some of them are. Well, better they better make all. that
0: as one big box set and not into, like, two more. <laughs> Fuck that <laughs> shit, but... But yeah, no, that is good thing. That that's really good news, actually. If those films get shopped around and and uh, finally get yeah, so the we treatment we could actually
2: finally see, you know, Hellraiser and Children of the Corn in the hands of somebody who's going to take care of them and start fresh from a new point. In in you know, even though I kind of liked where the Hellraiser series was going the last time we watched one, but you know, I I think that. To see a company like Blumhouse do a Hellraiser would be pretty amazing.
3: Hell, even A twenty four, they could do like an art house like Hellraiser movie, that'd
2: be oh, fucking Yeah, that would actually be really good. But yeah, I think that this is probably gonna be a good thing.
0: Yeah, I mean really I yeah. mean there's just endless possibilities, whoever picks up the, the rights to these things, and I'm sure I fuck, I, I just I hope that somebody like Blumhouse picks it up. I would love to see that. That'd be fucking great.
3: You know, yeah. Either either Blumhouse or A twenty four would be perfect for I, like the revitalized these series.
0: Yeah, to be honest, man, I think it's a bet. I think it's the best thing for the genre in those type of films. You know, I mean, this whole Weinstein thing is a fucking mess. But for the fans mm-hmm. and shit of these films, I think this is the best thing ever to happen. I mean, there's there's endless possibilities out there now because I don't think a lot of these franchises were gonna go. I mean, who knows? The Hellraiser, the next film could have been good. Who knows? But yeah. Depending on who picks it up, I mean, it could even be better. I think the possibilities are endless here. I can't wait to see who picks up what. This is going to be fantastic. We're going to get some films that, you know, finally get the releases that they deserve. Maybe inside on fucking Blu-ray
2: for once. That'd yeah, that awesome. would be cool. Yeah, I, I mean, that is... If but if they're shopping around are, everything,
0: yeah, it's not just the big ones that we know. I mean, we're talking vault shit here. Because let's face it, I mean, Lionsgate, they weren't releasing any of that stuff that was sitting in there. They don't give a fuck.
2: Oh, you mean dimension? Dimension, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's it for the news, though.
0: Cool. Cool stuff. Um, yeah. Oh, shit. Read on. You know, honestly, man, I think that the movie that's probably going to be made within the next five years of the Weinstein story is going to be amazing. I can't wait to check this film out because you know someone's <laughs> gonna, you know somebody's going to make that story, right?
1: Yeah, because I think there's a, there's so
0: much crazy, like there's so much fucking information and just crazy shit that's happened it, with the Weinstein throughout it, time it, and leading up to this, uh, you know, abrupt ending. You know, the downfall I, of the Weinstein. It was fucking.
3: Crazy. You know who should direct it? That fucking not quite Hollywood guy. Yeah.
0: Fuck. Oh yeah, like, I major major long, do a long documentary. Full, full yeah. moon one,
2: though.
0: I wonder what he's got, what he's got in store, because man, he's really hit the. Uh, the nail on the head with the with his three documentaries so far. He's yeah, def, he's definitely the go to guy, man. That's for sure.
2: Yeah, I think him and the guys who do the um, did the Elm Street legacy. Yeah, the Friday the Thirteenth one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, those are awesome.
2: I think those are kind of the go-to. the two best documentaries in horror. Um, oh yeah, I forgot he did do Patrick too, huh? The remake, right? Yeah, I should. We should reach out to him if he's on any type of social media and ask him if he's been working on anything. No
0: shit. No shit. Yeah. Fucking thing sucks. Um. All right, man. So I guess we'll do the uh, box office brawl
2: roundup here. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Yeah, just an update. We don't have anything coming out next week, but we did. Uh, Post on the Facebook group because we were supposed to have a show last week, but we ended up not having it. Um, basically, I think Moods picked. Uh, let me see here. Moods had 8 million for The Strangers 2. Uh, I went 14, and uh, Jeremy went 14.5. I did personally think that it was probably going to be in between 8 and 14, but I was scared that it might do. A little bit more than than four, you know. Where like I, I was afraid that if I picked, I guess I was focusing and believing that it was going to do closer to fourteen than eight, and I mainly was concerned about undercutting Jeremy, and I should have lowered down to about twelve, and and I think I think well that would have been closer to me, I believe, um, uh, because it ended up getting ten point five million. Uh, so Moods wins versus me so that now leaves it to uh, well shoot I don't know did we recap Death Wish do you guys know I
0: can't Uh, remember I don't
2: think so no Derek do you remember (laughs) I don't think so what was the question did we recap Death Wish I don't think you guys did because you guys didn't record remember Okay, um, Death Wish made thirteen million opening weekend, uh, th- which would be closer to Jeremy because he had twelve point five. So it did thirteen, which means that Jeremy versus me, Jeremy would get a point.
0: What did I have on that one for Death Wish?
2: Um which makes it 11 to 6. And then uh, Moods had 15.5, which he would lose to Jeremy. So he would be at yeah, seven like seven again. Still pretty good guesses, though. Yeah, and then it, it me, should. I picked 14. So me versus Moods, I would be ahead. And that would give me... Eight eight to seven for moods. So, current score is Jeremy versus me eleven to six. Uh, me having eleven uh, moods versus Jeremy seven seven, and then me versus moods eight seven. Me leading. So to kind of recap, um, moods would Ooh. have beat Jeremy. So in uh, strangers, so that would make it now eight to seven for moods. And then me versus Jeremy, I would lose. So it would be 11 to 7. Shh. And then me versus Moods, I would win, which would give me 9 to 7. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's uh, – and we don't have anything next week. So, damn, man, I, I'm bummed that I missed The Strangers. It did it did okay. It did okay. It didn't do great. It didn't do bad. The Strangers? Did okay. Didn't I yeah. beat you on The Strangers? Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. So that was. Oh wait, twitch. did I
2: not count that? Wait, no, 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 no. Hold up. You. Oh yeah, you. Okay, I did that wrong. Sorry. Yeah, I was. Gonna I'm say. glad you said that. So, <laughs> it is eight eight. close she- tied.
0: Yeah. So my my original.
2: And my, I, I my... beat Jeremy, so it would be twelve to. I went with six
0: eight million on, the. What was it? Yeah, Strangers, and I originally was gonna say ten, so I would have been really close. <laughs> That's fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah, I would have been like really Bam. close. But uh, yeah, that movie shit, didn't it? Wow, what was the budget on that one again? I can't even remember.
2: The Strangers didn't do bad. <clears throat> like it did, it did better than people were kind of predicting. I think um, the budget, I don't know if it's out. Yeah, okay. yeah.
0: I was, I was curious on that because eight million isn't very. Doesn't yeah. seem like a lot, but who knows? The movie could have been a lower budget. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, I it definitely know. isn't like a grand slam or anything. I'd be curious to see how it does next week. Um, I don't know why it didn't really do good either, though. I guess maybe it just been. I don't know. It just seems like even if nobody knew that it was a sequel, it like it just seems like one of those films that people would be interested in. I
0: see. It seemed the consensus around here was there was a Stranger's Part One.
2: Yeah, I think, I I mean, nobody that I knew at work, like really knew about the first one.
0: So going back to when we were talking about the strangers part two, I was like, I was, that was one of the arguments I even had too was, are people going to like, is this the type of movie that you make a sequel to? Because was the first one that memorable to the average person?
3: Yeah, the ten year.
2: Gap well, I don't really think early. any movie that ev- even came out ten years ago is going to be memorable to the average person. No, like no movie.
3: <laughs> yeah, so, that's true too, man. You
2: know, with today's people, the me- short term memory is so bad. So yeah, um, we don't have anything next week uh, coming out, so we won't do any predictions. But uh, on the next show, there'll be I think Pacific Rim ca- comes out. And I think another film too. Is Unsane come out next week? I can't remember. I'm not which sure. looks really Um, yeah, so we have Pacific Rim and Unsane for the next show that we do. We'll Hell forget. yeah, Kaiju.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: I haven't seen Pacific Rim one. Damn. Uh, and then we're and, and then Ready Player One comes out the week after that, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then in april we have a few things we have like three films in the first two weeks so that's pretty cool um so a lot of stuff coming out we're gonna we should actually have a winner to one of these sooner or later because i'm at 12 against jeremy i only need eight more points thought we we're going to mm-hmm. 22. Oh, are we going to 22? okay <laughs> i thought we were just going to 20. it but, makes okay. a little it's bit like, of it, sense it's
3: like that it's like that pitcher game that JP, needs to...
2: It's been going on for two years. I'm allowed to stretch out as long as I want to.
0: I think it's taking forever, man. Man, I tried to watch Pacific Rim one time. I was on a flight. I think I was coming back from Cancun. And, no, I was going to Cancun. And, uh, I was really drunk. Like, I was getting really drunk, and, like, it was just antsy and shit on, on the flight. And yeah. It, it was hard to concentrate on that film. It really was, because it's just, like, so movie on those small... On the small screens and shit, I was like, "Yeah,
3: it's a very busy movie." Yeah,
0: dude, it was like I could—I was just making me—I couldn't focus on it, man, because I was drinking and yeah, it was—it wasn't good, man. So, but the thing is, I've never went back and actually checked the film out for good things, but
3: well, it's Del Toro, so I'm, you'll at least like it, maybe.
0: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It didn't really seem like it was my thing. I wasn't like into yeah. it that much, you know. And so, I—I I, I guess that's why I never went back to it, but. I don't know who
3: knows hmm.
0: It is what it is man
3: Hell yeah I hear that man Yeah
2: hey. okay. So any more news Uh nope That was box office bro Uh
0: oh retard alert Retard alert class Do you believe in a flying spaghetti monster 2 Bubble head
1: oh. <laughs> Get with the
3: fucking program <laughs> Sorry. What me?
0: shots. Oh yes. Yeah. So I think we are going to bring back the question portion of the show. I don't know if this is going to be permanent. I just don't know you've got mail again we don't well there
2: actually is a a patreon thing you could send us an email if you want but there's also a patreon option where if you want to guarantee that your question will be answered um it's it's like our cheapest option i think but uh yeah so we did get an email here um says hey guys haven't emailed in a long time and i thought i'd give you guys a shout
0: well that's because we never responded to any of them
2: (laughs) Uh, no, we've definitely responded to all this guy's no. emails, I think. He usually sends in good ones. Ooh, can be uh, awesome. I'm i I'm a day one listener and man, have you guys come a long way from the first episode? Moods is more sensitive than ever and has a shorter fuse during those intense debates. JP still insanely plays the devil's advocate and hogs the airtime, and Jeremy still mispronounces names and words and gets lit up and rages with illogical <laughs> plot lines and bad acting.
0: Uh, that's so true.
2: <laughs> yep. Uh, anyway, here's one for debate discussion on the pod, and I thought this would be an interesting knowledge segment for you guys to tackle. Uh, the sister pod will also get this question, and I'll be interest. I'll be interested to see how everyone's viewpoints match. As you know, I'm reviewing the Amityville franchise on the group page, and this series probably more than any other creates a question of what constitutes. A film series sequel is having a reference Amityville in the title enough is being set in the same location area timeline time period enough is a mention of something from the previous film enough Does it have to feature some form of continuity or characters from the previous entries? I personally feel it should either continue with the previous story or particular carries character storylines branch off from that story while maintaining those roots or be a prequel and tell backstory of the current story. The Hellraiser sequels weren't written as Hellraiser scripts, but they at least incorporated the Lamont configuration and Pinhead. The Cloverfield series is another one that comes to mind. Interested to hear your thoughts. So That's from Jim from Toronto, which we actually just posted an article on the website where he reviewed all of the witchcraft films Which is actually really good article <sighs> Check that out on the website uh, And he it, and we will post The full uh, Amityville uh, Reviews on the website And one collection as well After he finishes those So Moods mm-hmm. uh, I'll ask since I hog the airtime Usually <laughs> I will ask you First like what is your thoughts on this
0: Wait a minute this guy called me more sensitive than ever
2: What the fuck is he
0: talking
3: about
2: I agree with him you definitely get Way more fired up than you used to
3: Especially during that, it's the old age. Especially during that Ed podcast, I was like, "Holy shit, he turned into the Hulk!" So I fucking, I lost. That's because Jeremy's argument was
0: fucking retarded, and he changed his argument halfway between. So and he didn't, and he wasn't acknowledging the fact that he had done that. He did right, and so it was like it was so fucking irritating and frustrating. Yeah, I was pissed off at that, but uh, um, no, it's because yeah, yeah, I. I like to yell now a lot because JP <laughs> is always talking.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's never changed. Though. That's where I the like sensitivity
0: the sensitivity comes. Um, what constitutes a, constitutes a sequel? You know, it's obviously all these answers are subjective. Um, I've al- I mean, if you if you look at the majority of of uh, franchises, you take the Howling. You know, we were just talking about the Howling. Um, there's not really a lot of continuity going, going through that franchise at all. But it's still a franchise because it's based on... It's basically telling different stories of uh, werewolves and things like that. Um, yeah. I don't know. For myself, what constitutes a sequel is... It could just be the name. It doesn't have to have continuity. I mean, if you're talking about franchises as a whole, I don't necessarily think that it has... I mean, I would prefer... Well, have, look at
2: Halloween 3.
0: That's a thing. You know, that's that's a great example because that one, f- you know, it's, it's, a, it's a sequel. It's part of the franchise, but it's, you know, it's not anything to do a with... sequel.
2: Yeah, it's, it's not, not really a sequel.
0: Exactly. So a what, sequel. what it comes down for me is it's more the name. I mean, if you have a Halloween film and it's, you know, it's made part of that franchise, I mean, that's good enough for myself. Me personally, I would rather have the continuity through a franchise, you know, like the first four, um, you know, Friday the 13th films and shit mm-hmm. like that you know things are, yeah. that are kind of connecting themselves or Phantasm is a great example of a franchise that has nothing but continuity I mean the films start right where they leave off that's that's amazing we're not going to get that with all franchises but uh, those are exceptions but for myself it really does come down to the name I mean you have a lot of these films the Amityville franchise is a great example of a franchise that is very confusing because there's a lot of uh, films with Amityville in the title that aren't necessarily aren't, part of the original franchise but you know they're kind of like these pseudo sequels in a sense the, it's yeah, just like, it, it's telling a different story based off the Amityville mythology
3: some and, of them are just called Amityville just to get a fucking buck like uh, that Vanolia brother one yeah do I consider it to actually, be
0: an actual sequel not really but I mean if it has the name in there I guess you could lump it into that into that realm of the franchise right so yeah
3: you know, it's. A what bit about different. you, Derek? Well, for me personally, like I like continuity as much as anybody else, but like for like Moodsu with the Howling films, it's like they're werewolf films, so I'll still watch them because they have some kind of like thing that connects them. You know what I mean? But then, like certain like sequels, like the Animeville ones, like the real Animeville ones, do like concentrate on the house. I do think so. Yeah, you know what I mean. You know, like those are the ones I really would watch, but then some of them don't even have nothing to do with the house, like I said, which I don't they just use the title and shit, but like they, they're kind of like unofficial sequels, if that makes sense,
1: mm-hmm.
3: which
2: which does happen Sequels a lot and,
0: like, like name and only like sequels with just the name, name and only sequel. Yeah, you know, I mean.
2: Yeah, so for me, I think that it boils down to a few things. Like, first, you have to define what a sequel actually is, and you have to take into co- uh, consideration whether uh, intent is, you know, there, for one, when it comes to, like, creating a sequel. But I think that you could break it down a few ways. For one, if a film has a number next to it, if it's, like, Amityville 4, I consider that a sequel. Um, now, here's where it kind of gets tricky though is because the Amityville is probably the Amityville series is probably one of the best examples, but Amityville one through three were owned by MGM. And then whenever I I assume rights changed and that's how we got Amityville four. Uh, And then there was a few TV movies, which I think are still part of the original series. Like I think it was a rights thing. Uh, And then all the way up until the remake and then everything that came after the remake besides Amityville Awakening, I think are just because the Amityville name is not copywritten or whatever. I think anybody can kind of make an Amityville film. So I would say that Amityville 1 through uh, I think Dollhouse are original and then the remake is original and then I think Amityville Awakening would be considered original sequel as well. Uh, and then the other ones are kind of unofficial in name only sequels. So I think that I think when you really boil it down, it should have to do with is this a copywritten name that somebody is al- a allowed to make a sequel on? Uh because we've seen other films that you know change hands uh much like Hellraiser, like Hellraiser, it like Hellraiser four through whatever are owned by dimension but we all consider them still hellraiser films because they have pinhead in them um but technically it's a similar situation to the later amityville films um not the newest ones that are like in name only but it's very weird i think that it comes i think the first thing that will automatically make something a sequel is if it has a number or is directly connected if there's just a reference to the original films I think it comes down to if the rights are owned by – if the rights have changed hands and they, are, they own the property so they're allowed to make a sequel. Um, I think that there's not many situations and cases where films are unofficial sequels because most of the time it's illegal. But sometimes in rare circumstances like Amityville, I think that it's um, – you know they don't have the copyrights to do that because there is no copyrights for that I guess like the the Cloverfield films are another example I would consider them in name sequels because technically it's the same company making them um, but they really don't have anything to do with each other
3: well the thing also too is like like there's tons of enemy villains and like, even in Jaws, it takes place in Amityville, but it's a fictional Amityville, you know what I mean? So
0: it's not really... Well,
2: that takes place in Amity, which is different from Amityville. I, I'm, I'm like, so confused on
0: the fact that Amityville isn't a copyrighted name. Like, you think it totally would be.
2: Yeah, I don't know if it's because it's a place and you can't do that. I don't know what it really. Well, I don't know. Yeah, but it and worked, plus it was based on a book. Like I don't know.
0: But the name Amityville could be referring to many different things, right? I mean, in in the using it as a film title or a book title or whatever, you can still copyright it in that sense.
3: Well, well actually, the funniest, like like Andy like so. talked about this earlier. Earlier, the Haunt in the Connecticut, too, ghosts of Georgia. Yeah,
2: because yeah, it's not in Connecticut. It,
3: yeah yeah that's fucked
2: (laughs) yeah but but, I mean you also have like other things like the horror show is that technically a house sequel I think technically it is because it was done by the people who made house 1 and 2 and then the fact that there's a house 4
3: yeah well it kind of does have like some of the themes like it does have like a house involved with it and shit well it actually
0: wasn't made as a house sequel originally it was no. It was. It was just it was,
2: released in some territories as House Three. But it, the problem is, is yeah. there is a House Four. Yeah. So the company that made House Four is the same that made the horror show. So at some point they must have acknowledged that horror show was an, in well, fact what,
0: a House. 4. Yeah. What happened was uh, House Three was released in the UK, or the horror show was released in the UK as as part three, like House Three. It was. So then that, that's where the part four came from. So when they did part four, they just went along with that. Like, well, we might as well just lump it into the franchise. And then that's how part four got named House four. So mm. it's a little bit confusing because in the U.S. it was the horror show. It yeah. really does not. But it's any-
2: weird that in the U.S. it's House four. Right. Yeah. But they, they just it's went. It's al- not like in the U.S. Yeah. they called it House three. They
0: completely just went along with the, the retitling the U.K. title. You know, I mean, we've yeah. seen this in a lot of different franchises and then made the part four, which is kind of yeah. interesting. But uh, yeah, I know it's I, know I think people get super confused by that, but it was never intended to be a house sequel,
2: though. So it wasn't which, intended in its creation, but in nope. like revisionist history, I guess it just ended they up being considered enough. Yeah. I, I have no
0: idea why the UK distributors renamed the Horse show House three. I mean, it's obviously just to, you know, to to gain uh, prob- notoriety yeah, and money,
2: also because it was made by the same people that did, yeah, House Two, yeah, Sean Connery and him. But at that and time, though, things. but
0: at that time, that shit was put out. I mean, the horror show isn't probably going to sell as well as you know House Three, House three. because yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's playing if you go into
2: like, like Europe, that it happens very frequently, especially with like Italian films and like look at Zombie, right?
3: Yeah. Oh, I that's mean, funny. Where,
2: Zombie Two is. Technically, three. The first in the series if you're yeah. in the U.S. Yeah, while uh, it's sequel in the U- in the uh, U.K. and in Italy.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, because Dawn of the Dead was released as Zombie right in Italy, yeah, and then
2: okay, the it was released as Zombie Flesh Eaters. Yeah,
0: and then yeah, it's zombie. so when Fulci did his zombie film, since Dawn of the Dead was named Zombie in Italy, he just called
3: it Zombie Two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and, and, and then Zombie Three still called Zombie Three in the US. <laughs> yeah.
2: And you have all these different sort of um demons films too. Like you have Demons One and Two, which are technically the only Demons films.
1: Yeah. But yeah.
2: there were some territories that released uh Demons Three, uh the Ogre as you know which was just the ogre and they slept demons 3 on it yeah Yeah. and then also the sect was released as demons 4 in some territories as was uh the church
3: yeah
2: yeah (laughs) yeah and black demons too that was also
3: another one that was you like was demons 3 too you know what i mean well the uh
0: the fucking um la la casa Casa. yeah the evil dead films you know like with witch house and um witchery and, and witchery and stuff they were like part four and five or something like that in the french they were released and like in that.
2: fact the uh house films <laughs> yeah i know I think the house films were in there because yeah. okay here it is yeah yeah la casa is evil dead la casa two is evil dead two yeah la casa three is ghost house la casa four is mm-hmm. witchery La Casa 5 is Beyond the Darkness. La Casa 6 is House 2. And La Casa 7 is the horror show.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's like combining three different franchises.
2: Ridiculous. You
3: know, What's going on there? What, what year did House 2 come out? Uh,
2: what year did it come out? <laughs> well, that's the, it. Thing, that's the I think that's it came weird. Out in like, 86, 87. That, that's,
0: the, that's the weird thing about that whole listing is that those because films Beyond came the out Darkness before. Because is a 90s film yeah I know like even the even the release dates are completely out of order there so they were just releasing films as whatever they wanted essentially yeah. that's fucked that is, that is fucked man that completely doesn't make sense
2: yeah it's very interesting to see sort of these different um, territories labeling things as sequels because if, sometimes it actually truly does become part of the franchise like with the house films. Like I think many people consider all four of those to be house films now, Mm
1: -hmm. even
2: though at the initial start, it was the Mm -hmm. horror show, but it's kind of crazy how like, Fandom and and other factors See, kind I think, of can change the way things work.
0: Hundred percent, man. I think you know your explanation about you know the rights and the, the copyrights and things. I think that stuff is that's like really really deep. I think the average person is not really going to look at it like that and worry about who owns these films and where they're who they're being made by if, if that makes them you know the proper sequel and stuff like that. I think you know more people. I mean, if you talk about the Amadeus f- films, I mean. I think if you did a poll, man, you'd be like, okay, hey, is this uh, Amityville Playhouse or Death House and Asylum? Are those part of the franchise? I mean, I would just say, yeah, because in name only,
3: right?
2: But but the thing is, they're actually not in name only because I was reading his reviews and apparently they all kind of tie to the original in some way, or at least the original house.
0: Well, I know, I know the Amityville Asylum actually does, or maybe it's The Haunting. No, I think The Haunting is actually the one that was... Based read right off the book or something like that. Which I think one's they the took found a,
2: footage one? That's uh, the haunting.
0: I think yeah, and an Amityville Asylum. I think has something to do. So I actually haven't seen some of these movies, so I can't actually talk from experience. But how about the Polonia mm-hmm. brother one? The Amityville. Yeah, Death that house.
2: one does too. I'm pretty really? sure.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I guess I, I guess, any of
3: these.
0: I guess at, the, at one point in the film or something, there is a reference to the original one. So, but for, I mean, that's good enough. I mean, even the name, the Amityville haunting, the Amityville Asylum amityville death house like to me if i if we were to do a you know amityville franchise that name alone is is enough for me to lump it into the franchise as I, I think we would
2: split it into two halves i yes. think we would do the first half would be like up until the remake which i believe would be like uh seven or eight films and then we would do the other eight or so on the other side
0: yeah this franchise is ever growing man they're just they're yeah. rapid fire right now they're coming out like every year it's insane <laughs> Just crazy, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. I I haven't seen like any of the newer. Have you, Derek? Have you seen any of these ones, like the Amityville haunting, Asylum? Did you see the Polonia one? No, I, Amityville Death. I... I never saw that either.
2: Yeah. So, like... uh, the Amityville Death House. Here's here's a preview of Jim's review. Who actually wrote this uh, email? He says uh, they should have stopped at Dollhouse. It would have even taken the remake f- fine, but nope greed had to kick in, and uh, here's another cash grab. Uh, A girl with her friends coming back from a humanitarian mission is asked by her mother to check on her grandmother, who happens to live in Amityville, and hasn't been heard from in quite a while. She arrives at the house, which Uh, apparently they CGI the windows to make it look like the Amityville house. (laughs) Uh, uh,
1: Because you know the Amityville house
2: has those iconic windows up top. That
0: (laughs) is stupid to the worst levels of uh, production right there. When you have to CG windows. (laughs) So, I
2: mean, apparently right there, though, like Amityville death house has to do with Amityville in some way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess so.
2: So everyone that I've read so far says that um, you know it had. I mean, if you're gonna uh, like boldly Amityville put... Asylum is where they where the house used to be. They built an asylum.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, if you're boldly, in, if you're gonna use the title Amityville boldly enough, you know, in your film, you might as well have some type of reference to the original. And I mean, yeah. most of these probably, like you said, they do. So, I mean, that's enough yeah. for me, man. Like I said. Name and only it's just like, like I said, using the howling franchise, all those films are not connected. You know, Mm -hmm. the the, the only connection, the only bond that they have is the howling
3: title. The only one that's really has any continuity with the first one is the second one, which is a bad movie. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Part three, you know,
0: goes to Australia. It was an Australian production and it's a completely different storyline. You know, mm. and then part four is like a remake. And then part five is like the fucking ten little Indian slasher. It's it's all over the place. Part seven mm. is a goddamn country part western music. Part six
3: fucking Bruce Payne turned into a giant purple. Yeah. Idolos, it, the only thing that connects
0: the, the, the bond there is the name. So, but which is good enough for me. I mean, a lot of people don't question it. Maybe because they haven't seen the Howling f- sequels before. That seems to be the major consensus here. No one's actually seen them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, you so know. no one actually comments yeah. on that franchise. It, it seems like it's one of the most underwatched franchises out there. I mean, it, yeah, it's crazy. It's,
2: yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, like, I'm cool with calling shit sequels. Honestly, yeah, like, I if, it, if yep. it has the name, I'm cool with calling it a sequel. Yeah, I don't yeah. mind. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course, the Amityville films. We would probably say with the uh, asterisks, like these are probably unofficial sequels. But
1: yeah. yeah
0: but as long as I have the name there it's good enough to throw in that massive franchise shows
3: yeah <laughs> yeah, like the giant witchcraft show that Jeremy wants to do one day
0: I think that is going to be a major like we're just gluttons for punishment though
3: that might be your last episode
0: ever <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> ah shit man it'd still be fun to do but yeah so many to get to so many so, many, so little time yeah. definitely so- We got any more questions? Nope. That was it. I kind of miss doing them. Kind of fun. Yeah,
2: they're fun. Yeah. Especially when they're like thought out questions, not just like, what's your favorite slasher killer?
3: (laughs) What's your top five favorite fucking releasing companies? What's your favorite mask? BBK, baby.
0: My favorite mask (laughs) of all time. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking JP. Just crickets. Doesn't want to answer. Mm-hmm. Just doesn't want to
2: discuss this again.
0: <laughs> I only brought it up because we actually got an update from Ryan the other day about Gutterballs too. Uh,
2: so really? What he say?
0: It's he's it, so, okay. So I was under the impression that Ryan had done the reshoots already because he's using about forty minutes of the forty minutes of the footage that he showed us in Horcon and at Texas Frightmare. So I was under the impression last year that he had shot the other forty or forty-five minutes or whatever he's gonna do but I guess he hadn't. That was the update. He's saying, "Hey guys, this year has started off really good and basically the short and long of it was we are going to do- be doing the next half of the film coming up here very shortly, so by this time you guys will have your products and things like that." So Cool. Yeah. I was like, "Whoa, okay." Uh, I guess he hasn't done the reshoots cuz I think yeah. I'd even mentioned that too that he had done them cuz yeah. I talked to Ryan personally last year and so I don't know if he was still, you know. Well, he, he had his... that health scare. No, I know. I, I yeah, I've talked to Ryan quite a few times since then, but yeah, like you know, I I don't know if he just was just didn't want to fully admit. I don't know what was going on there, but I was on the impression that he was doing them at the time or had done them. But either way, the update is good, and he promises one each month. And you know, by I think probably fall time, we should have something. So cool, oh, good enough for me, man. For more BBB, more BBK killer. Coming at you, fuck yeah, man! I'm excited. I'm excited. You know, it's kind of funny too because me and Dylan were kind of, kind of talking about a little bit when we saw Gutterballs two a couple years ago at Horcon. I I said to him, I was like, dude, do you even remember the film? He's like, no, (laughs) I can't remember like it at all. So uh, the 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 new product is going to be whatever. I don't know. It's going to be obviously different, but, but yeah, yeah, I'm
3: excited. Of course, man. It's going to be awesome. I am the devil. And
1: I am here to do the devil's work. They will say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for, if not for
3: shedding? I like to dissect girls. Did you know I'm utterly insane? Have you checked the children? Children. What do we do? Why don't we just wait here for a little while? See what happens.
0: Moving along here, moving along, getting into the dub 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 portion of the show, what we watched, where we go round tree, review a couple films, give our thoughts, ratings, pass it along, who wants to start?
3: Actually, Derek, you might Ah. might as well start us off.
0: How many are we doing? We're doing three. three.
1: Okay.
3: Yeah, I'll start it off for you guys today. Uh, First film I'm reviewing today is a film from 2000 uh i actually got a nice little box set of like serial killer films so i wanted to pop that open so i checked out from 2000 ed gein uh this is not the Kane Hodder one which is a shit fest this is the one starring the one and only steve rails back uh pretty much if you know the story of ed gein he serial killer back in uh what 50s, was the time period 50s, 50s. i would to say it
2: was the yeah. 40s or 50s yeah, 50s, yeah in yeah. wisconsin
3: yeah, this is pretty much like a retelling of the actual events. And, you know, like, Ed Gein was influenced and uh, loosely movies were based off him, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and uh, Psycho. But uh, pretty much it's like an actual portrayal of the actual events, and it goes into, like, uh, his backstory with his relationship with his mother. And it goes back and forth between uh, present time during when the film of the actual murders and grave robins to like the time in his relationship with his mother. Now, I gotta say, if, if you haven't known Steve Rails back, I've seen him in a bunch of movies, uh, including like The Stuntman and like uh, 76, he actually played Charles Manson in the TV movie Helter Skelter. Uh, fucking kills it as Ed Gein in this one. It It's phenomenal. He pretty much uh, prepped for this role for two months to play this role, and he's phenomenal in it. He does a terrific job. You know, like, uh, it's like he just wore the skin suit right into it. You know what I mean? Uh, His portrayal is phenomenal. It's really a great performance. And I got to say, like, you know, it has, like, its moments where you get to see, like, his interaction with, like, his victims and, like, the everyday life of him before, like the killings and his grave robins and what he did inside of his house and shit. It was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, like some of the backstory stuff, it is kind of hammy because they use some certain like effect shots in it, which kind of do hurt the overall product, but it's still like a passable well-made film for the budget that it is. You could tell this is like a lower budget film. Uh, Steve Roseback is the highlight of this movie. And, uh, I uh, can't think of the actress off the top of my head who plays his mother. She does a really good job. Uh, some like, you know, like hammy performances and kind of like shaky and kind of like goes over the top as the film progresses. Uh, certain characters. It, uh, but overall, it's still an enjoyable watch if you want to know more about Ed Gein. Uh, I still recommend it. I give it like a 8 out of 10.
2: Mm. So yeah, uh, Ed, Gein, Ed Gein is kind of a interesting serial killer uh, i'm a huge fan of serial killers like uh, i actually want to do another show because we've only done he the actually Henry is Lee one Lucas. himself yeah right um <laughs> but ed dean actually was not a serial killer he, i guess he would be considered a m- multiple murderer um because he only killed two people yeah um and they were about three years apart when you look at like someone like jeff Dahmer, who i think killed about 17 uh that's impressive Um, Ed Gein is definitely more interesting based on his grave robbing and his different things that he was doing involving that. Um, A very close adaptation to uh, Ed Gein is uh, actually Deranged from 74. Yes. Uh, They changed the name to Ezra Cobb in that film. But that one kind of plays very similar to what actually happened. With the guy from Home Alone. Really? I didn't know that.
3: (laughs) You know, the guy, that the shoveling guy, that's the guy who played that part.
0: Wow, yeah, yeah. That that's actually a good double feature, man. Deranged and Ed
3: Gein, because it's two different takes. It really is. You know what? You guys should do is like a serial killer spotlight, where you pick like maybe like two or three like films and do like a serial killer spotlight on like the different variations of like uh, serial killers, like life on film. Like there's a few films on Dahmer, there's -hmm. a few films on Ed Gein. You could do like one like a volume 1 with like Ed Gein and then like a volume 2 with like Dahmer. Yeah, well, I mean we've
2: done the Henry Lee Lucas show, which Yeah, you did. You know that's actually um, but, a good
0: idea, man, because there's some really good Dahmer films out there, even like the lower budget ones, like Secret Life of Jeffrey Dahmer and then the film entitled Dahmer who was played by uh, Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner who does a great job in that film too.
2: Yeah, you don't need to tell me about that one. I love that movie. Yeah, in, in
0: fact, in fact, all the, all four of those films that came out in what 2002, 2003, all have the same cover. You know, just the just the
2: head. I guess you can yeah, call it a big ass floating King, head. <laughs> big ass floating uh, head. <laughs>
0: Casey, Dahmer,
2: uh, and, um, and Ted Bundy. And Ted Bundy. Um, yeah.
0: yeah, those are all all pretty decent films. You know, for their budgets, they're very low budget, but they're good.
2: I think, yeah, I think no, the Dahmer is amazing. Dah- I recommend Dahmer to everybody. Dahmer, like, that movie blew me away.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, that's probably my favorite. My number
2: one. four of 2002.
0: My least favorite one is the the Ted Bundy one because they pick up his story kind of in the middle. You know, there's so much. Story. It's a little long too. Yeah, but they pick it up like at a weird time, and I, it, you know, there's so much interesting stuff that you know happened before it picks up, and so, but but that's a good idea though, man. Actually, comparing films, I'd love to do a show on Dahmer because he's. Always been the most fascinating serial killer to me, man.
2: Yeah, he's my favorite for sure. Yeah, <laughs> you
3: could even do the Green River Killer case too. You know what I mean?
2: Oh, yeah. There,
0: of there's, there's, there's tons of, uh, of those. There's uh, there's, there's, a, there's a couple really good films based on the uh, that Russian serial killer, the Child Killer. Oh, the evil whatever. Yeah, man. Like, there's a couple C- really C- good Citizen X and yeah, yeah. Citizen X with uh, Kiefer Sutherland. I think um, Steve- Stephen Ray. Or Donald, or someone's—I can't remember who the fuck's in it, but uh, Donald, yeah. Sutherland. Yeah, Donald Sutherland. Yeah, Yeah, I said Kiefer. I meant Donald. But um, yeah, and then the other one with uh, Malcolm McDowell. Isn't that one? Yeah, yeah. So those are really good too. And, and you know, that's—he's one of the serial killers that doesn't get talked about a whole lot. But man, he was a mean motherfucker. That one,
1: mm-hmm.
0: a child killer, man. And he killed a
2: lot. it's
0: Fucked up. Yeah, he did. But yeah, man, that's good shit though. I like to, I love to do a Dahmer one, man. Sick, fire. all
2: right. Uh, I got one next. Uh, pretty, pretty quick one here. This is Prey from 1977. Uh, Vinegar Syndrome released this.
0: <laughs> I get it. Oh, this is awesome. Have you
2: seen this? Oh,
0: yeah, man. I have uh, I have like the old Redemption DVD from like way back, like 97. DVD release. He, really
3: he, re- he did a review of this. i at the, reviewed- begin the, the beginning of the review. Prey Alien Prey. It
0: cuts <sighs> to me snoring in my chair. Yeah, Uh,
2: yeah, so this film uh, It came out in 77, seems very low budget, Uh, basically a uh, alien life form that resembles what I call a fox Uh, comes down to the earth, uh, quickly dispatches two people and somehow he can take the form of other people but I think he only does that once um, and he takes form of the person that he kills. Uh, and he basically kind of, I guess uh, <laughs> lands in the lives of this lesbian couple. Um, <laughs> yep. and it starts like bringing up all these like sort of insecurities between the couple, uh, where the more, I guess, dominant lesbian um, doesn't like the guy because he thinks she thinks that her girlfriend is, you know, interested in him. Uh, it really is a movie that just seems all over the place. Like, it, it doesn't seem like a movie that they thought out very well. Um, in fact, I think I even read or seen in the special features that they kind of just was making shit up as they went. <laughs> so, kind of makes <laughs> sense that it would be a little little all over the place um i do think that there's a like decent level of eroticism with the lesbians you could see um uh naked a little bit have sex um there's a scene where they dress the dude up in like drag which was weird seemed Mm kind of did they was there a reason why they did that i might have missed it do you know
0: (laughs) i'm assuming it's because they're lesbians and they wanted a third one there i don't know
2: yeah I i don't know um but what i said in my uh other review on uh, Letterboxd is for some reason, even though this f- film seems like very directionless, I was somehow interested in just seeing where the hell it was going to go because I, I I literally had no idea what the final act of this film was going to be. Um, and actually, if you would have cut out like a big part of the middle and and got to the final act a little bit faster, even though I don't think this movie is long at all, uh, the final act is actually all right. Like um, it deals with. Uh, Basically the the t- the lesbian kind of turning on the other one, and then uh, <laughs> there's like this almost like com- comedy. Like I think it's unintentional, of like uh, this chase scene and and the way that she kind of is running from the alien prey guy, oh my God. and she falls into <laughs> this damn uh, what, grave, and she's just like it's like <laughs> yeah. shot so shittily because she's just like oh no no like not climbing up out of here. They make it look like. It, like I think the viewer is supposed to assume that it's a deep ass hole but it's like three foot so it, does, it doesn't really work um and then the final scene is just like I loved it it was just so cheesy like the reveal of like what the the alien was looking for down here is just hilarious <laughs> to me um it's definitely not a good movie but it did hold my attention and honestly like the transfer for this I said in my review I was like the, the the Blu-ray probably makes this movie better than it actually is because the Blu-ray looks so good. Um, and I came in at a 4 out of 10 on this one.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. I don't remember what I rated it, but it had to have been in that vicinity. <laughs> <So it's, laughs> I honestly find the movie super boring. Um,
2: no, it's definitely boring. I Like I said, I think that the Blu-ray like because the Vinegar Syndrome Blu-rays, you just like stare at it because it's yeah. so – Quality and like, yeah, like, yeah, lot lots of boringness to it. Uh, there was like some minor moments of gore in there that kind of helped it along a little bit. As I said, the eroticism helped mm. it around a little bit because there's a little bit of nude scenes, mm. and basically just pure curiosity of where the story was gonna go is the only things that helped made me be able to hold my attention to the film. Mm-hmm. Well. Good thing is though, Vinegar Syndrome is actually
3: direct uh putting out one of the director's better films. Yeah. Uh Terror.
2: Which is, terror. Uh, okay.
3: Norman J Warren, yeah. Well, don't let uh
0: don't let Norman J Warren <clears throat> turn you off, JP, cuz from 76 you need to watch Saint and Slave. It's actually one of his best films. Probably yeah. Is. Really? I would probably say Saint and Slave is his best film. Well, it's my it's my favorite of the films that he's done. Yeah,
3: okay. so- that and terror are probably his best like yeah, better
0: for sure man I mean a lot his most famous movie is probably Inseminoid aka Horror Planet
2: yeah I think
0: from 81 (laughs) everybody kind of knows that one it's got this really iconic kind of cover art and stuff like that but to be honest that one kind of loses me too man it's kind of boring I don't know
2: I, I mean Vinegar Syndrome like makes me enjoy watching bad movies like i'm uh, not even oh uh, like,
3: vinegar syndrome but
0: they put concerned. out
2: a, a handful of bad movies like for every good movie they put out they put out like three or four bad ones but the transfer is always so damn good and i'm often interested to know like how this movie was made Like because they, they uh, another one that i watched from them recently was lucifer's woman women did you see that one yet no, I haven't. I, no. I,
0: I picked it up. I haven't watched it yet, though.
2: Okay, that one's interesting. Not super entertaining, again, like Prey, but that one's interesting because that movie was considered lost for a long time. Oh, yeah. And basically, uh, apparently, it's not made its way to video. And it was actually recut as a different film called, like... Uh, Dracula's. dracula something yeah. yeah and they actually throw that onto the disc too or on a separate disc so it's a double feature there and uh it's basically the remake like, because apparently the original lucifer's women it's played straightforward it's not like a comedy or anything or and it, apparently the other film which i didn't watch yet is more of like a um like cheesy like comedy type thing or, or it's different, apparently. I don't know. I'd be curious to see how they changed it and recut it and added and reshot certain things for it. But <laughs> that's okay. really yeah, I mean, I think Vinegar Syndrome just is, puts out these very curious things that just make you kind of interested to hear the story of how it was made.
0: They didn't mess around with that either. They, uh, you know, They have the reversible artwork for that other film. It's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of reverse it and have it whatever you want. I think that's really neat. Vinegar Syndrome does such a great job, man. I'm actually looking at one right now. Hobgoblin sitting in front of me. i it's, it's making me <laughs> laugh. Goblin, so it's yeah. making me laugh because it's so bad. Like I'd post a video in the group <laughs> from Hobgoblin. The scene
2: where they fight with the broomsticks the or whatever shovel, the hell they rake, are.
3: The rig in the hoe. Oh yeah. my god, it's so bad It's
0: so There's bad all the this
2: there's like these like
0: dun, 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 <laughs> yeah. dun. it goes on
2: forever yeah that's bad (laughs)
0: yeah it actually is terrible (laughs) absolutely okay man moving along here um patreon pick from my boy mikey fisher and uh this one right here is from i want to say 2003 and yeah 2003 and it's called monster man um directed by Michael Davis, you know, he's directed so many classic films, such as Beanstalk, Eight Days yeah. a Week, Hundred Girls, Girl Fever. Those are like all romantic comedies and shit. It's like what the fuck? And then all of a sudden he comes out of nowhere and does Monster Man, and then a couple years later did Shoot 'em up. <laughs> he directed that movie Shoot 'em Up.
3: It so, Clive Owen? Yeah.
0: Like, really, how random is this guy's filmography? I was like, I literally burst out laughing when I was reading his films. Like, romantic comedy, romantic comedy, Monster Man. Oh, shoot him up!
3: <laughs> I didn't even know that when I reviewed that movie. I actually like Shoot 'em up,
0: yeah, I actually haven't seen it, I, I just saw the film, but um, but yeah, Monster Man from 2003. This was kind of an interesting one because I've seen this film around for years and I didn't really know that it was actually like a road horror film. It just kind of looked ridiculous to me. Super low-budget shit. But, of course, Mikey mentioned it one time. Uh, we were on Skype talk, and everybody went out and bought it. <laughs> so it's kind of like this resurgence of Monster Man, you know. <laughs> it's kind of funny. But uh, basically, what we have here, we have uh, film follows our two main characters. Adam is um, going on a road trip. He's driving to a different city to marry his girlfriend, uh, Betty Ann. Um, Adam's a very awkward virgin, so he's basically Jeremy. Holy shit! Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Adam's a very kind of conservative, awkward person. And as he's leaving, he finds out that his buddy Harley, as you know, kind of wants to join him. And you know, you can tell that they have a history together. They're not like the best of friends, but they're friends. Uh, Harley convinces Adam to take him along on his journey, so they do so. And, of course, Harley's, like, a loudmouth, wisecracking. That's his character. He's just, he's a moron. You know, he just says all the wrong things, you know. And, of course, that's where the storyline comes in. They end up stopping at this, like, kind of, I want to say hillbilly diner type thing. And he's just making fun of the uh, the hillbillies in there and shit. Uh, one thing leads to another. And they end up picking up this hitchhiker, uh, which I can't, her name escapes here now. I think her name is... I can't remember hot blonde chick and all of a sudden this monster truck comes out of fucking nowhere and start terrorizing him on the streets probably due to the fact that he was you know talking shit about the hillbillies and now they gotta you know fight off this monster truck before it kills them um so this one right here is pretty much it's a road horror comedy it's so much comedy in it it's actually pretty entertaining I have to say man The contrast between Adam and and Harley was killing me through the film, man. It was just... (laughs) Their characters were just making me laugh with everything they were saying. It was pretty funny. I wasn't expecting this film to be as good as everyone was kind of hyping it up to be. It was really fun. It's it's not like a mind-blowing film or anything. But it's also not as low-budget as I was anticipating also. Uh, Mikey said it was really low-budget and shit. And I was like, okay. So I'm watching. I'm like, that seems pretty normal. You know, it's a low-budget film. But the coolest thing about the film, though is the actual look of the monster truck it's fucking badass looking man It's like this just steel box on these like
3: yeah it's like something you'd see out like Mad Max kind of
0: yeah, it's like this really kind of shitty looking steel box, but it's so badass sounds awesome it's on like you know four and a half foot tire or six foot tires or whatever the fuck they are. it's just awesome. it sounds awesome. it looks awesome. and um, so what surprised me about this movie though, it was pretty straightforward. You know, these two guys being terrorized by this monster truck with this, they got this beautiful hitchhiker. It was a third act. All of a sudden we get some twists and turns in and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> monster Man actually has a pretty decent script. And, you know, I mean, really didn't make a lot of sense what was going on in the third act, but it was also a comedy. And it was pretty entertaining to see. I mean... I did not see this film going in the direction it did towards the end
3: at all. Me neither. I was surprised.
0: I know. And it just made me laugh because it was. Wait,
2: like, are you talking? What are you talking about?
3: Monster, the, the third, the third act of Monster.
2: I rev- this is this sounds awfully familiar. Did I? Re- I reviewed this film the- you did. Yeah. You did. Okay. I was like, I was like, wait a minute. This sounds exactly like yeah. the movie that I reviewed. I, I knew I knew that it was the same title, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, that third act, man, like goes full blown craziness. It just
0: it just goes it goes insanity. You know, you get this reveal, and and then it just goes batshit after that. I'm just like, what the fuck's going yeah, on here? You know,
2: you know though,
3: the, 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 that even though like there's a lot of great like good practical effects in mm-hmm. this movie, the third act's actually my mainer gripe when you do see like that one little scene where you notice a little CGI, and it's very noticeable. Um, you know you think I you think I you know what I'm talking about
0: yeah I think I do I, I just can't remember I, yeah I know noticed- a certain
3: end of it when a certain character walks oh
0: yeah yeah that's right yeah man but you know to be honest you know I was very impressed with the film overall like for the la- I mean 2003 was that era where a lot of these low-budget films really did rely on CG because that's you know that was a lot cheaper to make the films right yeah, one, I actually this one really strayed away from it. And you know, yeah, there's like a moment or two maybe in the film, but it's it's not like the worst shit in the world, but I was impressed by the amount of practical effects and and how yes, much like was the in characters. the film. Yeah, it was it was pretty impressive actually. It's pretty like, fun.
3: The, the, they were perfectly cast. Like that one, uh what was the name of the main guy? Uh Adam. Adam, he was the the kid from Not Another Teen Movie, the one the dorky kid that was always Oh, is that getting, where he's from? But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and, and the and, other and the and the other kid Harley was a uh, dorky fatter kid from Half. Bay. How high the Method Man Redman movie? Oh yeah,
0: that's totally true. I knew I'd seen him before in something. I I, can't, I I didn't look him up while I was watching the film, but I was like, where the fuck is that Harley guy from? But that makes sense. But he was like legitimately pretty funny. You know, he's, yeah. he's just kind of a moronic character. Just says all the stupid things. But he, he some of his lines were killing me, man.
3: And like, then the chick the chick was the little girl from Critters Three. <laughs> She grew up nice.
0: <laughs> Is it really?
3: Yeah. Oh wow. That's pretty awesome shit.
0: Crazy. Um but yeah, Monster Man, you know, very impressive, man. Very impressive. Um, you know, it has it has that tongue-in-cheek comedy, man. Like <laughs> there's a part where, you know, Harley's kind of in a sticky situation between a rock and a hard place, literally kind of crushed in a car and he <laughs> he says like he, he says something on the lines of being a corpse burrito. And it like, I literally busted out laughing out loud by myself. I was pissing myself. I was like, corpse burrito. I'm like, this is fucking stupid. But yeah, this one goes like kind of ape, ape, shit towards the end. And like what they're doing, like the whole th- third act and shit. I was just like, of course this movie turned into that. That just, it's so ridiculous. You know, it it doesn't really make any sense on how it would actually work. You know, but... The final shot makes me crack up. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, the end of the film is pretty funny. But, yeah, Monster Man, um, I recommend it. It was really fun. I'm glad that Mikey, you know, made me watch this film because it was one that I just kept passing off as whatever. I guess I just didn't look too hard into it. But if I had known right from the start, if it it was, you know, road horror, I would have definitely given this one a shot. It's one of my favorite subgenres, and this one is a ball of fun. Uh, 7.5 out of 10. Really enjoyed it. Nice. So...
3: Yeah, I just, gave it like a. I it, gave it like a seven on my review.
0: Yeah, I was shocked, man, that there was. I was expecting a ton of CG in it, and I didn't get it. So I was like, "Wow, very impressive."
3: Yeah, there was a lot of good practical effects. Like mm. I said, there was a little minor, hints that were very noticeable when they were there. But it was still like a great amount of practical, yeah. and I wish kind of maybe kind of had maybe like a little higher body count for the type of, you know, that was the or <laughs> other great.
0: I mean, there's definitely opportunity to do that, too. But I mean, if you put it in the context of the story, I mean, there were there was like a there was a specific reason, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I guess for sure. I mean, you always want higher body counts in films for sure. But, yeah, sorry, I can see that for myself. Anyways, yeah. you know what I mean. Oh, I mean, especially what you're dealing with a huge monster truck like that. Like, yeah, how would you not want to see that thing just running over cars and and bodies People. popping, <laughs> popping like pimples inside of uh, crushed vehicles and shit, man? That'd be fucking amazing. So, but yeah, Monster Man, give it a shot. 2003, low budget goodness.
3: And the Shoot. end of that review, fuck you, Zach. <laughs> Damn,
0: fuck you, Zacker.
3: Derek. Okay, back to me. The uh, next film I chose is actually an Asian film, unbelievably or not, but it's from China, Hong Kong uh, from 1998 Biozombie Oh, yeah uh, Guys, ever hear of this one? Yep I've reviewed it
0: Uh
2: heard of it, I don't think I've seen it
0: uh,
3: uh, G-P-
0: fun. He'd fucking hate this movie
2: Probably Maybe
3: like maybe like the th- second half of it. But
0: where, where did you go? Did you go to Mexico, JP, or what? You sound really far. D- really? Oh, now you don't.
1: Oh. Huh. <laughs> I go every time well, I'm reviewing. It, it, he
0: just takes off. It, it doesn't say <laughs> a fucking word. It just takes off. What What are you reviewing? <laughs> Continue, Derek. Oh <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, so Biozombie Zombie uh, from 1998. Uh we're introduced to our main characters of uh, Woody and Crazy B. And th- this is, like, the perfect, like, the way I would describe, like, the first half of this movie is, like, a Asian version of mall rats or, like, Clerks in a way because pretty much they're, like, these guys that work at, like, this CD store inside, like, this low-end mall that's actually very dead for a mall. Well, it's in Hong Kong, so I don't know how they do business there. Uh, then they interact with like certain characters. Like, there's this girl that Woody likes named Rolls, who also the local like sushi guy also has the hots for. So, there's like a little like love triangle there going on. And so, Woody and Crazy B end up going to pick up their uh boss's car. Uh, so they end up going there and uh, Uh, end up getting the car and then they end up running this guy over and we see this guy he's actually part of like this biochemical deal that's gone wrong and they end up giving him like a certain thing that like a soda drink that is part of this biochemical uh, uh beverage uh it's like a chemical that they use for chemical warfare so they give him this and he ends up dying inside the trunk and pretty much what ends up happening is this guy becomes a zombie. He ends up coming to the mall and the few people that are left in the mall start getting infected one by one. And it's up to Woody and crazy Bee and the few other survivors to fight zombies in a mall. Pretty much. Uh, I gotta say for like, a n- or late nineties, like, uh, horror comedy slash Asian film. I really like, like the mall rat, like, uh, thing that this film was going because the opening credits are done like they're actually go to like movies and talk about movies that they want to go see and shit so it was really cool with that aspect because kind of like us we like to go see movies and shit too and it was kind of cool and then just hitting on girls and shit and doing like like jane silent bob or like uh randall or like dante would you know what i mean it's like that type of humor and then like it turns into like this crazy like zombie movie and even though like they're like because they were like big video game guys, so they have like little like video game references throughout like the uh, second to third act of this movie that are really funny, and it has like that good humor. It's very humorous, and I highly enjoyed it for what it was. It has some cool practical effects throughout it, and kind of like bubbly zombies. It's the way I would describe these. Would you describe them as that, Moods? Oh yeah, hundred percent. It's, yeah like the way they, the way that the this uh chemical overreacts is kind of the biochemical reaction so it makes sense mm-hmm. and and uh some over the topness with it too like with certain like zombie <laughs> characters oh yeah especially big like, time especially <laughs> one that we know about like, it goes into more of like more of love triangle type deal, but it's super fun if you like like horror comedies, this is one that I think needs to get like a re-release because I know this Tokyo Shock DVD is out of print and it has like a funny like special feature where you can watch the movie subtitled in English it's like broken English like the subtitles so it's kind of funny in English yeah <laughs> it's actually even, a special I didn't even notice that on the DVD that's fucking hilarious yeah it, it comes with regular subtitles and then it comes with the English subtitles
0: <laughs> it's fucking brilliant yeah English
3: it's kind of like the racist subtitles right there yeah so i (laughs) highly recommend this if you're a fan like uh, like that kevin smith mall humor mixed with like a zombie film that's the way i would describe this one but more like asian style of course yeah like certain aspects of that and some assholes characters and certain like especially during the third act is one asshole that comes in this movie that you fucking hate but I highly enjoyed it. So I'm going to give it a 8.5 out of 10.
0: And according to the facts of Zachary, that one is better than Shaun of the dead.
3: No, that's Tokyo zombie. He thinks is better than Shaun.
0: Yeah. Uh, Tokyo, Tokyo zombie is better. So.
2: All right. Um, The next film I'm going to review is okay. This one is weird. Uh, it is 1991's The Sect A.K.A. The Devil's Daughter A.K.A. Demons 4 uh, And this is a film um, Directed by Michele Sauvé
0: Michele Suave. I,
2: whatever I'm pretty full sure it's Sauvé It's Sauvé I, I don't know how to say his first name um it's no, so we was told, remember somebody no no, I'm pretty sure it was Sovae. Right? Didn't somebody somebody let us know exactly how to say it. And I'm pretty sure it was Save. I can't remember. But um <laughs> this one stars actually Jamie Lee Curtis's sister. Yeah. Did you guys know that? Yep. Was she had a sister? I didn't even know she had a sister.
3: Yeah, she's in trading places with her. I mean,
2: well, it's
0: kinda like her. Jennifer Tilly. People forget that her sister's Meg Tilly. You know, it's just kind of the same thing, I guess.
2: Hmm. Yeah, so uh didn't do a ton of acting, um, but I think this is our only horror film. Uh, but this is uh, a film, uh, it's a little hard to follow. It starts off in 1970s, California, dealing with a bunch of hippies. Uh, and this guy rolls over to their uh, camp. They're, like, camping out in the desert. And when they, like, feed him and stuff, and then... The night falls and he basically kills them all in a ritualistic murder uh invoking lucifer uh and then it flashes forward to 1991 present day uh in germany actually and we see another um killing with somebody named mary crane i don't know if that had anything to do with uh a little nod to um her, her, her mother ba- 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 oh mary crane yeah. The, yeah yeah her mother yeah, couldn't think of the name uh, from Psycho um, but yeah so then uh, it, it kind of goes in another, like to another section where there's this old dude who almost gets hit uh, by our lead character she unbeknownst invites him to her house because we find out that he's part of this satanic or the sect cult thing uh, and like she falls asleep, he like releases a beetle onto her that crawls in her nose, and then turns out that under her house is like this underground cavern. Uh, and then you find out that um, this guy like dies, and then she chases a rabbit down there, and then uh, she's talking to this cop dude, uh, and then uh, other characters are introduced, and then uh, other things happen, and then basically like it all kind of ends in like some more weirdness where there's like a pelican thing happening and like you get the idea that she's trying they're trying to bring uh, 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 the birth of the antichrist through this woman um wow like this movie started off so great where i was like oh this is mad cool and i still thought it was cool throughout But this movie is like so all over the place with its story. I had trouble following it. I was like, okay, who is this now? Like, what are they doing? Why is this thing under their house? Like, oh, what a fucking surprise. Another Italian
0: film that you couldn't fucking follow. (laughs) Can you follow this one? This one actually is ridiculously all over the place, man. I've always said that this is (laughs) Suave's like, definitely, it's not even a terrible film. It's It's just not his best at all the, i the really narrative liked is, it but narr- i didn't
2: know what was going on yeah like the- it's beautifully shot there are some great shots in this film and there's some really just odd things that are going on i feel like the biggest problem with this film is it's over two hours long a hundred percent i say this all the time but this film does not need to be over two hours long if this was a 90 minute movie dude i think it would be much much better because you would get all these weird things that are happening in it, but it would be condensed, so it wouldn't feel as you know. There's a lot of downtime, and it wouldn't feel as confusing because it would just be on to the next thing. It's essentially
0: when, like wow. fucking Italian Rosemary's Baby.
2: Yeah, it really is. Like I, yeah. I get the main point of it. Yeah. I just don't understand how. Like like it, first of all, the ending was really weird. Like I was confused with that. The but, ending I don't um, think
0: makes sense actually. <laughs> I, I don't I can't make sense. I've actually even looked into it. Like nobody can make sense of it.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like if you just read the Wikipedia page, start from the top, and it's about one, two, three, four, five, six paragraphs going through the plot. If you just read it, you're gonna be scratching your head by the end of it and be like, Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it's seriously like really hard to follow, but it there was really cool stuff happening in it. Like there's all these like you know, um, like like weird i guess like like the pelican thing the gore with the pelican was weird like there's all this just strange shit that's happening in the movie and it's just it's hard to follow but it is entertaining like i really did enjoy this movie because i truly think like like okay if they cut this down to 90 minutes i think it would be easier to follow but also you can see in the film that the director really does have an eye for cinema Maybe not for writing or whatever, you know, Um, but this was written by Dario Argento, uh, Sauvé, as well as another person. So maybe too many hands in the pot. I don't know. Um, But I think that I was making this consideration that I think if Sauvé would have directed, let's say, like 15 films, like somebody like Argento or something, people would talk about him much more. In the lines of like one of the goats, you know what I mean? Because even though even like this film being a complete mess plot wise, it's still very beautiful and like still very intriguing throughout. Even though you, by the end of it, you're kind of disappointed because you don't know really what happened. But I feel like if you watch it a few times, you might be able to pull some more things similar to like Cemetery Man or something like that. But I think that I think like I've liked all of his films, even even with the problems that this has, I still very much liked it. Um, does he, do, has he done any more horror besides the four that I've now seen?
0: Uh, no, not film wise. He directed a documentary about Dario Argento, you know, but it's not, it's not a Damn. film. So yeah, like actual film wise. No, no, I think
2: this yeah, was his so, last film. Oh no, it would be Cemetery Man, right? Well, you're Cemetery Oh right?
0: yeah. Cemetery wow. Man was 95. That's right. Yeah. This yeah. oh yeah. The sex 91. Okay.
2: Yeah, so, so yeah. I mean, in terms of ranking them, I would probably say that this is the least um, good to watch. But I think that it's technically directed better than, like, something, like, maybe, like, the church. Um, but I'm not sure. Like, I, 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 the church has a little bit of issues, too. Apparently, the sect kind of connects with the church a little bit. Um, I was reading online with, like, the, the actual sect being the same sect from the church or something like that you guys know anything i I
0: remember reading stuff i yeah it's been a while since i've seen either film i can't remember like how it connects or i don't know i just don't know
2: yeah so it's hard to like kind of make sense of this movie i like i truly did enjoy watching it even though i did pause it halfway through because i was like okay this movie is really long um (laughs) but uh it is a uh blu-ray that i got from i guess doppelganger slash scorpion and the Blu-ray looks great. Have you guys got a chance to see the Blu-ray yet?
3: I have not grabbed this one yet. No, I've
0: done. Was...
2: These are super cheap. These Doppelganger releases—they're like fifteen bucks, man.
0: Yeah, they're twenty-five here, but um, I was I was gonna ask you, <laughs> I was gonna ask you how the transfer was on that because I have the um the Shameless Blu-ray, and it's okay. It's it, the transfer is not the greatest. So yeah,
2: I would say the transfer was pretty good, honestly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I still have the church to get to Which is the last one that they did I think that's the last that they announced for those like sort of Italian ones that they were doing. Yeah Opera the
3: church and the sect.
2: Yeah, which is pretty cool, but um Yeah, dude, like I don't know. I'm I think I'm gonna come in at about a seven on this one uh, It definitely has problems, but maybe I felt like like it like now talking to you like I could uh, it actually makes more sense that I didn't understand it but at first I thought I just maybe wasn't picking up some shit. No, then
0: <laughs> the narrative is very strange. I've always said like this one, you know, compared to his other films is I don't know what was going on with the script. You know, I, <sighs> it's really strange. I mean, I guess you could say the same about Cemetery Man, but that narrative is just it's just a lot stranger. This one is supposed to be a little more straightforward but it's just not I think that's the problem with this film right it has this whole Rosemary's Baby thing going on but there's so many so much imagery and so much metaphors and all this other shit that's going on in there and and then topped off by this ending that makes literally no sense
2: (laughs) yeah I mean I I don't know and and to go back to the blu-ray quality two modes like I really think that it's one of the it's a real, like, I I would almost guarantee it's better than that Shameless release, because yeah, if I was going to, like, rate it, I would give it, like, a four, four or and a half out of five.
0: Yeah, the Shameless one, it's pretty grainy, but, like, not in a good way, though. It seems pretty dull. Like, the colors are pretty dull on it, so.
2: Yeah, the oh. Blu-ray is beautiful, it's a, and it's only fifteen thirty nine on Amazon in the U.S. Yeah, that's, that's
0: incredible. Up. Those things are so cheap. It's fucking nice. Scorpion. <laughs> yeah. So, is Code Red still releasing... The uh, the church?
2: No, the church. I have a copy here, and it's done by Doppelganger. But they're releasing cool. they're
0: releasing an opera still, aren't
2: they?
3: Who? Code Red. They're releasing like the like the deluxe editions with like the double with oh, the oh yeah like
2: church. the extra features and stuff like that and the yeah.
3: subcase and yeah like, shit no, like that
2: the fancy ones yeah okay
0: yeah I wasn't sure if it was Doppelganger or if it was just. Code Red releasing their own version, but they're actually doing like the
2: yeah because the, the Opera the Blu-ray hmm. had um it, it said Doppel it was it said Scorpion on the back and then the disc had a Code Red symbol. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: I think that whatever they're doing with Doppelganger, they should probably continue to do it because it's letting these be released cheap, which <laughs> exactly. is is a huge positive to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they still up.
3: have some weird deal with, like, fucking Kino, too, though, too.
0: It's funny, man. You know, some of those films that are... I, I don't know, man. I, I think maybe Kino might have pulled out of that because they were supposed to be releasing a bunch of those films, and when they came out, they were well, just... Well,
3: they just released two from
0: Kino. Wh- which ones were they?
3: Well, the, the, they, they still say code red on them, but they're... Kino distributed the same with, the, like, the doppelganger ones. Like, the hell is it? Like, JP was saying, like, score, still says scorpion yeah so they're still like distributed through Kino, even though they say code red on them, yeah like like uh, the emmanuel and the last uh not the last cannibal's one uh, the one you just picked up there the cannibal's one what, what, what's the emmanuel film they released
0: oh yeah the emmanuel um the black cobra one
3: yeah it's distributed by Kino even though it will say code red. So yeah, it actually
0: doesn't have any Kino. See, I I thought I read that Kino pulled out of that deal because if you if you inspect the disc and like all the specs on it, and shit, there's no sign of Kino anywhere on there. Remember
2: when Kino uh, had so?
0: You also Kino have had their to t-
2: take into consideration though that, um, like the way that this doppelganger thing works is it seems like doppelganger's doing the press. As well as the actual like distributing, like shipping them to the cut co- to like the Amazons and the yeah. places where you can buy them. But there's no sign of doppelganger anywhere on the release. Like it does not say doppelganger. Yeah, that's
3: what I'm trying to. Yeah, exactly. That's- but
2: it, you also could keep in mind that if the deal was done early enough to where uh, they did, they already had like discs in production for them and stuff, they're not going to cancel that all and like put just for a logo so maybe like future releases maybe might have doppelganger on there as well or, but I don't know I don't know maybe maybe they yeah
1: I
3: mean
2: uh, quite, I know, po- it's quite quite it's possibly
3: with that company
0: I know with <laughs> I know when Scorpion put out a few of their titles uh, distributed by Kino you know it had like the Kino in the back but it, it completely looked like a hundred percent Scorpion release but it was just distributed by Kino and it actually had the Kino on the back there too so that's why yeah, I was cur- I'm
3: yeah, I was I, know I have I have right. a few of the DVD like uh, Code Red releases that Kino distributed and they don't have any Kino symbols on those.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've got a couple of them too. Yeah, it's interesting. Hmm. Cool. Yeah,
3: it's always weird with that fucking company. Yeah, it is,
0: <laughs> it is strange. I know everything's always a fucking mystery. Something to talk about, I guess. Um, but yeah, moving along here. Uh, another Patreon pick here from this was. Given to me by James Cox, I believe this was actually from last month. It kind of got kind of got lost in the in the mix here.
2: Yeah, because basically um, back in January, James messaged me uh, two picks and he said, here, these are my next two. You guys could do them in whatever order. And it was Pan's LaBrinth and Pontypole. And I just was like, all right, well, I'll just do mine first. Uh, and I did it in January. So then I totally forgot by the time February came that we had one. You had one for February. So that's why that one was late.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So from 2008, we have Pontypool, uh, the Canadian film. Uh, which I always, when I when this movie first came out, I actually thought Pontypool was a fi- like a fictional town. It actually is a real like village in somewhere in Ontario. I don't know.
2: Really, I always met, wondered what it meant. I didn't even know it was a town.
0: Yeah, it's actually the name of the small little town. I think in the yep. film itself, it's obviously bigger. It it appears that it's bigger. Um, from what I've read, it's like a really small village, like really tiny. So, so. Chris
3: Donald directed this, right?
0: Uh, yes. 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 Uh, starring of course uh, Stephen McHaddy's in this film he plays Hell yeah. Yeah, he plays the um the radio DJ in this one. And that's basically what the premise of the film is. It's uh, it's about um Stephen McHaddy, you know, he's a radio DJ and um like a radio host. And he goes to work one day and he's just doing his normal shit, man. He's just on the radio talking about whatever, doing the news and stuff. And they've got a correspondent that's out in the field and you know it actually turns out that he's not even in a helicopter he's actually just in his car like up on a hill you know doing sound effects and shit like that but this correspondent actually is the one that kind of breaks the news to the studio that something is going on in Pontypool Um, they can't figure out what's going on but it seems to be people are acting strange maybe infected by some type of disease or some crazy shit and so it's correspondent back to the studio and they're trying to like the first half of the film, they're trying to figure out if this is actually going on and stuff. And once they discovered that, yeah, the people outside have been infected by something, um, they kind of quarantine. Well, they don't really quarantine. They try to figure out a way to kind of stop this thing, um, through the radio and stuff. And also try to figure out what the fuck has caused this outbreak or this, you know, infect infection that's going around. Um, so, this one right here is like... It's like a contained horror film. Basically, it all takes place in this basement of this uh, this radio studio. Very, very little characters. Steve McHaddy plays DJ. He's got a producer. And there's another girl in there also. So, very, very little characters. There's also a doctor that eventually joins in the party too. Um, but yeah, the cast is very limited in this film. But where the horror lies is in the suspense of the story. Because the first half of the film, you're wondering what the fuck is going on. Like Just like as a viewer... You know you're watching these characters going is this shit really going on outside like what the hell is going on it's very suspenseful it's got a really lot of good dialogue and shit and these type of films i've always said in, in contained horror films you have to have interesting dialogues along with interesting characters to make them you know to keep the viewer you know connected with this film and, th- and this one manages to do that it's really interesting steve mcaddy has a great great radio voice he was perfectly cast in this film he's fucking fantastic And I really like how this one develops itself. It never feels slow. You know, for a film that is, you know, contained and it's just all dialogue. You know, there's not really a lot of action, crazy things. There's no special effects going on and shit. You know, this one runs over 90 minutes. It holds its own. It's quite suspenseful and entertaining. Uh, Once the um, reveal happens of what is going on outside, I think it's just amazing. It's truly amazing what it is that, that has caused this outbreak this uh, you know this infection uh, that it's turning people into like zombies and shit I yeah. think it's very very unique in itself I don't want to give it away because it's kind of the whole point of the film but I think that you know the writer of this film did a really good job kind of taking a look around it around it as surroundings and realizing that there's so many films there's so many infection films there's so many zombie films that are doing similar things now he took what he was seeing And he just went a totally different way with it, with an infection idea. And I think it's very unique, very, very unique. I mean, it works in the film for what it is. They even go as far as to try and explain how this infection is even happening to people within the film. And I think that's really ballsy, too, because you could probably lose a lot of people. It's very scientific and it's very, you know, like it's very scientific. It's crazy. I think it's fantastic, man. It's definitely one of the unique and standout infection films out there. I think everyone needs to check this one out. It's very low budget, but it doesn't appear to be. You know, it's got the great acting, it's got the great set and stuff. Very, very cool shit. But uh, Steve McCaddy just totally holds his own in this one. He's definitely the highlight of the film. That awesome radio voice, and it just—it's so—it's such a compelling film, and you really want to see what happens in the end of this one if they can figure it out or you know exactly what happens it's it's very very interesting um so it's a hard film to review because you don't want to give anything else away about it yeah Uh, you know that's the thing you know you talk about the performances which is really solid i think everyone in this film that's involved does a really good job and like i said again the dialogue has to be strong and they, they accomplish that with the script the narrative is it moves itself along quite at a nice pace considering it is a contained horror film i love that Pawnee pool. I'm coming in at a nine out of 10. I think it's one of the better films of this genre. And it's amazing how many people have not seen this one. I never hear anyone talk about this film. It's interesting, but yeah,
2: that's a, that's actually a film that I was going to pick for our Halloween marathon that we do where the goal is for each person involved in the marathon to pick a film that the others haven't seen. Yeah. That is also going to impress. And I almost went with that one, but I went with Miss 45 instead.
0: Oh, well, I mean, you you can't really go wrong either way there. (laughs) Well, two totally different films, but two exceptionally well, and they're in their own subgenres. But yeah, Pawnee Pool, man, is an exception, man. I don't know why it doesn't get talked about more, but it's very unique in its approach and its reveal. No one's ever done this. It hasn't been duplicated since, and it's pretty cool.
3: I check agree, out, man. Check like, it out. Stephen McHattie is fucking phenomenal in that movie.
0: Oh, he's awesome, man. You know, it's actually kind of funny, man. Me and me and God Diller were at uh, Death Wish the other night, and Stephen McHattie pulled uh, shows up in the film. <laughs> it's like it's so yeah. random. He has like a small little part in Death Wish. I was like, that's fucking cool, man. Really yeah, cool. he
3: pops up on tons of movies during when I'm growing up. <laughs> he really
0: does, man. And he's getting old too, man. He's like, you know, he's in yeah. the 70s now, kind of thing. So but, yeah, so.
3: so I guess it's up back to me now. So this next film and the final film for the What We Watch segment that I'm reviewing today is a film that was made in 2017, as IMDb has it, but never got its, like, full release until this year. So this is going to be up for 2018 list, I believe if that's right, the way that you guys do it, um you know like a wide release you know because it just got like a it didn't get like like a distrib- like it got like a blu-ray wide release it didn't get like a theatrical release or anything like that this is like the first time because it was made in 2017 but it didn't come out till this year it
0: was yeah. made in 2013 but it didn't come out till this year yeah i mean that's still within the no
3: it was made
2: last year but it didn't come out till this year oh okay yeah
0: yeah. Even thirteen. Yeah, it Manu doesn't Manu.
2: matter when it was made. It just matters when it comes out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we remember we did have kind of we, we even talked about this, like, you know, what was that film that just came out? Intruder, it was like from the seventies and it just got its first release. <laughs> like, do we count that as a new film? Probably not. No. So we kind of throw no. a statute I think, of limitations it. I think we capped
2: this. it off at like seven years or something. Yeah, you like give that. it about a seven year well, seven year block. Well, statute well, of
3: limitations here. <laughs> well, this is a, well, this is a fucking new movie. So yeah, this is one's the Black Gloves, mm. okay. from uh, yeah, Hex Media. This is directed by Laurie Brewster. Yeah. Of course, Moods is familiar with this director. Directed Lord of Tears and the Unkindness of Ravens, mm-hmm. uh, and this is kind of like a brother film to Lord of Tears in a way. So, introduced to our main character of Doctor Finn Galloway, who's a psychologist. When we first meet him. Uh, He actually, uh, uh, what happens is uh, he's chasing after a patient who's being chased by her uncle, and this patient, Susan, actually ends up getting killed. But as he's listening back and listening to, like, tapes of her, she's uh, seeing visions of this figure known as Moloch the Owl Man. So what ends up happening is he's doing like some investigating research to find similar cases. And one of the cases that he finds a connection to is of this ballerina known as Eliza, who was starring in like a production of Swan Lake and it ended up like the, the uh, ballroom caught on fire at the stage and she was the only one to survive. And, she actually ends up having another connection to Susan because she's actually recuperating from her sickness because she went crazy and said she had visions of the same creature as Susan. And she ends up staying at this mansion, which used to be an orphanage where Susan actually was at. So this leads to maybe there's a connection with the owl man with this uh, mansion area and he ends up going and treating Eliza and we're introduced to Eliza who's played by Alexander Nicole Hume. and we're introduced to her dance instructor Lorena Velasco who's miraculously played by Macarena Gomez if she's very recognizable in uh, the horror genre she was in The Shrew's Nest which I believe was a Shudder exclusive and uh, also uh, Dagon she actually plays a uh, a uh, Roland store gordon's gate dagon that's what i know her from and ends up becoming uh finn ends up treating eliza and finding out more information of the connection between the owl man and what's going on and we find out uh there might be some darker intentions ahead while well, these three characters so that's all i'm gonna leave the plot because i don't want to really spoil too much more like the rest of it but uh really great fucking cinematography this one uh not in color it's in black and white which adds to like uh the way uh the credit sequence is because it's very noir style when you see the opening credits it goes back to like a uh, early like hitchcock and like film noir and even the music is very reminiscent and then when it gets to the mansion part where it gets very atmospheric and very gothic sudden very baba uh and uh that type of, like, haunted house feel that, you know, I know mean moods, uh, like, and it has a very psychological aspect. With the three characters, it becomes, like, a cat and mouse game between all three of them, including, like, uh, Velasquez and Galloway, who kind of have, like, this weird, like, triangle with Eliza. So, yeah, it's very interesting the third act. It has a lot of, like, hints to, like, Uh, What made Lord of Tears so great, in my opinion. And it has a lot of great, like, scares and creepiness to it. Like, some fucking creepy moments where, like, slow-mos and just the fucking whole, like, fucking third act. There's a fucking creepy scene that involves Swan, like, in a way that makes this film what it is. It's very well shot, really well choreographed. Uh, The acting's great. Uh, Jamie Scott Gordon, who plays Galloway, who starred in all three of uh, Laurie Brewster's films, uh, does a terrific job. And like I said, this, the interaction between all three of them, great cast, especially for a small contained film, because, uh, the majority of the second and third act of this film takes place in this one setting. I loved it. Awesome shit. Uh, 9.5 out of 10, the black gloves, uh, support Lori Brewster and hex meteor. They just do a terrific job.
0: So does this one have a similar aesthetic to it? Like, uh, like the first film, Lord of Tears, uh, does it have that kind of hammer feel to it?
3: It does, but it's in black and white and it has like a Mario Bava type vibe too with the black and white.
0: Oh, yeah. So does it have, you know, because like how I described Lord of Tears before, it was it has this like hammer approach to it. It's very hammer looking and aesthetic and stuff. And then it has a little bit of like offbeat, you know, Japanese influence type uh, style a little bit to it.
3: Yes, without giving too much away.
0: Yeah, I know it's kind of okay. That's cool. That's cool that he stuck with that too. So,
3: yeah, yeah, but it has a lot of homages to like film noir too, since it's done in that style of black and white. Yeah,
0: that's
3: fucking. That's cool, man. Yeah. All right.
2: <clears throat> so my final pick for the night is my lone Patreon pick this week, uh, and this one is coming from Edgar Sanchez, the homie uh very big supporter of ours i believe he also supports all of our videos as well which i I greatly appreciate he does Uh, yeah he's he's a heavy heavy commenter on the videos and and it seems like he's a really big supporter so i appreciate you homie you're awesome uh and he gave me an easy one this week uh wait, wait a minute what year did this come out that's definitely the wrong year right I didn't know the name of the movie. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that? yeah. I wrote, I wrote down the wrong year. It, the I movie? wrote down 1986. But, yeah, it's 1988's The Blob. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is Blob remake. Because I was about to say, wait a minute. This, there's no way that this film didn't pop up on anybody's 86 list. <laughs> <laughs> because but, it yeah. would. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: so it's it's 1988 uh, remake of the 1958 Blob film. Uh, apparently, there was another Blob film in there. Starring too, Steve
0: somebody. McQueen.
2: Yeah. yeah, this this one is uh, a movie I've seen a handful of times. I think I've probably seen it about three times now. Uh, this might, was probably the fourth time. So uh, directed by Chuck Russell, it um, starring Kevin Dillon and Shawnee Smith. I remember a quote from Moods that Kevin Dillon's plumage was uh, <laughs> great in this movie. It's beautiful. <laughs> I, think that, I think that he said that before on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, but The Blob uh, follows... Uh, A group of teenagers who are in sort of a small town and there's a meteorite that comes out of the sky. Seems like there's like a vagrant, like homeless dude that that goes up to it and he like touches it. It goes all over his hand. Uh, They take him to the hospital. It consumes him. It spreads. It eats things. It gets bigger. Uh, The twist in this one, um, not to give too much away, but you're kind of debating on whether this actually came from the sky like from space, or it's something else, uh, and yeah. So the first and foremost thing about the Blob, nineteen eighty eight, is that the special effects are top notch. Some of the best ever in terms of like what they were able to do. Like I still like I still watch this and have no idea like how they did some of this stuff. It it looks like you couldn't do like some of the ways the Blob like jumps out and grabs people and like consumes yeah. over there. And stuff and pulls that guy down through the sink. Like, it's just like, how the hell did they? I still don't know. Like, it's, it's just crazy. I don't even want to know. Like, I don't want to know because then I'll start noticing, like, how they did it. To me, it's just like a masterful, wonderful, effects driven film. Uh, I like the characters. I like Shawnee Smith. I like Kevin Dillon. I like the kids in this one. One of my favorite scenes in this entire movie, which just screams 80s, is when the two teenagers are at the uh pharmacy and they're getting condoms and the one dude like the preacher or like the reverend or whatever from the town comes up and he's like oh yeah these these aren't for me they're for him over there and like the the dude doesn't realize what he's doing and he's just like, come on man i can't keep this girl waiting and it turns out that the girl is the preacher's daughter that's revealed later it's just one of the best gags it's hilarious i laugh every time because it's just like awkward Teenage situations (laughs) like that That I just I love Uh, The movie is is great It really is now I personally like The 58 version better Um, Which is I know It's pretty crazy right it's pretty crazy To say that Um, I do not Think the 58 version is better I just like it more and I don't know why Uh, this one Has got a lot more cool effects And stuff I think that the what kills this one for me not kills it because it's still a highly rated film but the, the part that I don't like about this movie is the third act it loses me every time like I'm kind of just bored by it um, I don't know it just it, it gets like too fast paced action feeling almost for me where I liked when it was like this small like horror movie at first I think that's why I like the, the 58 version a little bit more um, but still, I, I gotta rate this one high. I'm looking at my past rating of it, and I gave it a nine the last time. Uh, I'm gonna slightly drop it down to an eight point five this time, based on that third act.
0: I so, can't believe no. I can't believe you like the original Blob better. It's crazy. It's it's that yeah. Bert Baccarat song, isn't it?
2: Yeah, <laughs> I like that song, but um, no, I don't know. Like the 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 58 version just seems kind of scary to me. I guess like the whole. Like opening and stuff, like I don't know when I when I first seen it, it just was like
0: creepy. But this one's got Kevin Dillon's plumage, man.
2: Yeah, it does. It's it does. just, it's like no it mo- no movie.
0: Cross- it's never been duplicated. It's the most it
3: beautiful the- plumage ever. <laughs> it has the black guy from Crossroads, And <laughs> to sucked down a drain pipe. <laughs> yeah, I do agree it, though, man. The effects, awesome. the effects are just
0: outrageously good in that film. Some of the... Like, really, some of the best, man. I just... It's good shit, man. But... As much as I like the original Blob, man, the remake is...
3: It's my shit.
2: Yeah, it, well, it is one of your favorite, you know, films,
1: isn't it?
3: Yeah, man. I love it. It's fun shit. Yeah, Frank Frank Darabont wrote that movie.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: That's right. He did. Yeah. All right, so moving along here, uh another Patreon pick and this one is coming from Mark Letham and he gave me the 2012 In INDB it says Lesson of the Evil I swear the Blu-ray just says Lesson of Evil does it not Derek? does the cover not say Lesson of Evil and then yeah it's
3: Lesson of Evil yeah
0: so in INDB it says Lesson of the Evil and same with Letterbox, it says Lesson of the Evil so I don't know what fuck's up with that but maybe just
3: translation
2: could be is this all your patrons for the month
0: yes Wow yeah I just said fuck it I wanna, I might as well might as well do them <laughs> um yeah this one of course is directed by the master himself Takashi Mike uh, enough said right there basically this yeah. one follows a school teacher a high school teacher who is um you know, he's kind of new at the school. He hasn't been there a whole long time. And, you know, he's very popular with the students. And uh, the the other most of the other teachers and stuff really like him. He's a very handsome guy. And he just has this charisma about him that everyone just kind of gravitates to. Um, of course, there is one teacher in the school that's not really 100% convinced that, you know, he is how he appears he is. Um, and so this guy, you know, is kind of digging deeper into his past and stuff. And uh, so basically, you know, this teacher, he's there. He's a little bit insane, um, which we we later find out. But um, yeah, he uh, wants to deal with the students in his own way because there's a lot of shit that's going on in the school. You know, this is made in 2012. It's in the era of cell phones and shit. And there's a lot of, you know, cheating going on and just a lot of bad shit that's going on in the school and stuff. And now he's set out to teach the students a lesson. Pretty much, um, <laughs> some my thoughts in this film, you know, and very typical Takashi Miike fan, uh, you know. This movie is really long. It runs over two hours. It's two hours and nine minutes long, but uh, Miike does not hold back at all in this in this story. It, it's just in fucking insane. This might be one of the most insane third acts in the history of cinema.
3: It's fucking amazing.
0: Okay, so the first hour of this film is the story of this teacher. We're following him. We're following a bunch of the students. We're following this teacher that's kind of investigating him. We learn a lot of things about the teacher and why he's there and, you know, and all this kind of dark shit that's going down. And it's just this huge buildup to. Where it kicks into, into the third act, where basically these students are staying the night in the school. They're preparing to do, or they're setting up this haunted house. And that's when he basically com- completely snaps and decides to take matters into his own hands. And he goes in there, and we got a full on fucking massacre. Now, this movie is very, very relevant. in today's society I mean this is a Japanese film but this shit it's kind of like the reverse role of what's going on in the US right now like how many school shootings shootings has there been this year like 20 already You know, it's just very very sad but this storyline is the reverse this is a student or this is a teacher taking out students and just the most brutal fucking fashion ever now I'm I'm 100% convinced that this is actually going to happen one day You know, all these students coming to school and shooting up their fucking schools. You know, it's just happening over and over again. One of these days, a teacher is just going to have enough and he's going to open fire on his class. That's what we get in this film. It's insane. There is literally 47 or 48 on screen deaths in the last hour of this film. And it's just pure carnage, man. We're talking fucking heads exploding. Like, remember, these are high school kids, man. High school kids just getting tagged off. It's just a masterpiece of violence, man. It's a character study. There's a lot of deeper stuff that's going on in this film. I, I really like the fact that, you know, they threw a lot of German, you know, kind of culture in this film. There's German music in this film and, you know, a lot, little bit of German mythologies and things like that. They, they kind of yeah. threw that into the film, too, which is very interesting because I didn't really know. While I was reading up on it after, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's cool. That's what they were talking about. That's German. Okay, that's really cool." But yeah, it's it's actually a really interesting story until it just goes batshit crazy in this one. Um, everyone's got to see this movie, man. It's fucking insane. I this might be one of the most violent movies I've ever seen in my life.
1: I, I can't
0: I can't think of another movie that's just so damn harsh and brutal. Like, <laughs> I mean, there is comic relief in this. There is some funny ass parts in this movie. Um, which were intentional. I
3: just, I just love when he starts singing Mac the
0: Knife. Exactly, Mac the Knife. Yeah. And uh, exactly. Um, but yeah, there's a little bit of comic relief in this. Like most Kashi films, they always have those kind of moments in the film that are kind of funny. They're intentional. Uh, but it's just a, an insane ride, man. Insane. You, this is one of those films that you can't even describe well enough. You know, you, you just got to see it for yourself. It's crazy. It's insane. I absolutely love this movie. Um, I'm coming in at a nine and a half out of 10. I think this one, I, I, it's just, I probably would have came in perfect on this one, but it's just a tad bit long.
2: Yeah. You know what, dude, Takashi Miike is a filmmaker that I've always kind of strayed away from, even though I like every movie that I've seen from him, Yeah. but it's his running times just scare me off. It's like, Oh, I want to watch as many Takashi Miike films as I can, but it seems like every one is damn two hours plus.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, this film is a little bit forgivable because the first hour is pretty interesting with what he's teaching and getting the backstory and all this crazy shit that's going on. And you're kind of wondering if it's like a psychological thing or if he's just, you know, it's all these things that are going on, but the last hour, you've never seen a third act so fucking long in your life. (laughs)
3: Like most of the acts are short, right? It, I have. It's called 13 Assassins.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 13 Assassins for sure. <laughs> but but most films have, like, a short third act, you know, within, you know, 20... Th- this one is a full hour of just versatile violence, man. It's so fucking brutal, man. It's just amazing to see. It's insane when you really put into perspective how many kids he just blatantly fucking tags out
2: and Like, it yeah, is it's brutal. Awesome. It's I, in
0: brutal fashion, too. Like, There's a scene we need to do
2: a Takashi Miike show. There is a scene kind of slacking on that
0: where he is on this. He's on the stairs of the school. Like actually when the when the whole massacre starts is actually pretty amazing, too. But there's a scene on the stairs that just make you fucking you're just watching it going. God damn, he is not pulling any strings here, man. It's fucked. Like there's (laughs) okay, so he's actually reloading. And that's another cool thing about the film. He's reloading constantly because he's using a shotgun so yeah. it's, it's not one of those just like he's got an endless ray of bullets in his gun he's constantly re. so in the scene where he's actually reloading there's a girl that's kind of up on this uh, on the top of the stairs he just like grabs her and fucking throws her off the stairs <laughs> like it's yeah. just it's the stair, it's the bottom I'm just like and he does it so nonchalantly I'm just like this movie is the best
3: it's, ever it's perfect casting that guy's like, like during the first hour it's, his performance is great and then when he gets to like the over the top violent shit It's fucking, he fucking makes it over the top and it just works for, you know, it's perfect. And it's
0: not even like that. It's not that typical Japanese over the top kind of, you know, um, uh, I would say comic book violence. It's like realistic too. Yeah, it's very realistic. You're just like, holy, that's what makes it so crazy to watch, man. It's, it's insane, man. But uh, yeah, like in typical Takashi Miike fashion, like, he throws in some very strange things like if you've seen dead or alive or any of these other type movies they, like shit just goes weird in his films like there's a scene where he's holding his gun and it's just it's doing some crazy ass shit very Takashi takashimika so if you're a fan you got to check this movie out it's definitely one i hear nobody talk
3: about absolutely i reviewed this a while ago and i yeah this is really the second it.
0: time i've watched this i've had the blu-ray for i don't know a couple years i guess or whenever dylan he actually picked it up for me he actually picked me up mine too yeah he's like dude cause he had watched this film a few years ago and then he's like it doesn't have a release then he found it from third window pictures and so he bought everyone a copy gonna see, you guys need to see this fucking movie (laughs) so it was actually one that Dylan introduced me introduced me to but yeah upon a second watch it still holds up man it's so damn violent and amazing 9.5 out of 10 Takashi Miike he's still the fucking man
3: Yes, he is. And now our feature presentation.
0: Oh yeah, getting into the featured reviews here on episode 131, also known as Irish Horror. I'm gonna say, I'm just gonna go on a limb here and say Volume One. We'll probably end up doing another. Who knows? We're not gonna title yeah, most, it that
3: though. Slightly.
0: But we'll probably No, end up
2: doing I, I will title it that, probably.
0: Okay. Because so I think one. we
2: titled Ozploitation Volume 1 as well. I'm yes. not sure.
0: Which we need to go back to do some more Ozploitation for show. For show. So, these three, which we did mention off the top of the f- show, were picked. Uh, these were Patreon picks. Uh, Derek, you picked. Um,
3: which this were, one.
0: Yes, you picked Isolation. And then, of course, we also have The Canal. And Byzantium. Three... Different films,
3: pretty cool. Yeah, very stuff. different,
0: very different. So, uh, but yeah, first up here from 2005, Derek's pick, Isolation. Uh, quick little synopsis on it. Um, on a remote Irish farm, five people become unwilling participants in an experiment that goes nightmarish, nightmarishly wrong.
3: Yeah. So. Yeah. Thoughts on Isolation? Well, first thing I wanted to bring up. Real quick, is the director of this movie, Billy O'Brien, this is, like, his first, like, feature-length film. Yes. Uh, Didn't uh, Ferocious Planet was a sci-fi channel movie after?
0: Yeah, I haven't seen that one. I've seen the hybrid, though. That was the car one, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then I also heard that... uh, I'm Not a Serial Killer was actually pretty good. I didn't get around to checking that one out in 2016.
2: Oh, that one's awesome.
0: Yeah, I, yeah it's from I, I the
2: same know, director. I actually. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I actually started, really liked that movie.
0: I started that fucking movie on Netflix, I think, twice, and I got two minutes in both times. <laughs> I never it actually. Never seen, now
2: that I know that it's the same director, there's definitely some similar beats now that I think about it.
3: Oh, that's cool. Yeah, well, this one has a cool cast. Uh, well, uh, for Irish actors, uh, Sean Harris, who. Uh, was in Prometheus. He's that uh, uh, the boyfriend of the girl in the trailer. Uh, very distinct looked. If you he, you recognize him in movies, if you see him. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, John Lynch who plays Dan, uh, the main character. I, ton, Irish actor. I most notably know him from Black Death and uh, uh, for Irish uh, movies in general. He was in uh, Some Mother's Son where he played Bobby Sands if you know that story, so The Hunger Strike and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, plus it has Essie uh, Davis, who uh, was in The Duke. This is a young S.E. Davis who plays uh, the oh. veterinarian in this movie. Oh, yeah, shit, yeah. Yeah, so I wanted to just bring a little light of some of the cast, because it's a very small cast. I, I like this movie because it's very contained, because it all takes place on, like, this farm.
0: Yeah, which eventually... I mean they even throw in the fact that it gets quarantined also. So it yeah. even has that even more contained, isolated feel to it. Um, so JP, what's uh what were your initial thoughts on this? This was a first time watch for you, right?
2: Yeah, all three of these films tonight were first time watches, which I was very happy to do because my Irish horror knowledge is kind of lacking. I've maybe seen like four or so Irish horror films, so this just almost like doubles my uh Irish that's that's almost 25%
0: of the total Irish (laughs) yeah yeah
2: there's not a ton there's not a ton uh but first of all this film does a lot of things that I like right off the bat it's kind of a contained mystery almost like you're kind of wondering okay where's this going like you start seeing bad signs right away when a woman sticks her hand inside a cow and says that the unborn calf is bitter and you're like okay there's that's definitely not normal I'm pretty sure Uh,
3: definitely
2: yeah so uh right away i was kind of down with it i was like okay i this is like right up my alley these sort of contained creature feature monster movies i love that stuff yeah um i will say that i do think this one could have benefited greatly from like uh like g coming in that does effects and and actually create some good monsters or creatures for this one i felt like it it left a little to be desired uh with the uh creature feature type of movie that it's setting itself up as like the idea of like mutated cow exoskeleton monsters is kind of weird to begin with but i truly think it could work um if they had some some really good effects in there uh the story itself is really like okay like i'm down with it i like everything the setup i like the suspense that they kind of have in there a little bit but I feel like this movie is like a great creature feature without a great creature.
0: Well that's that's kind of my main problem with the film also. Like I really like this film and you know the the story is, you know, it, it's kinda of cool when you're dealing with like genetic modifications. And, it's
2: simple enough, yeah. but
0: except see see right there when you're dealing with, you know, genetic modifications and playing God yourself, I think anything's possible. So having the exco exoskeleton monsters and shit is it's totally viable. You know, it makes sense that that might happen, you know, whatever. But I do agree, man, because I've seen this film a couple times now. And that was my biggest complaint when I first watched it also was this kind? Of, this film builds up like it should have like this, you know, it should have a monster. Like, a yeah. you know, like a fully matured, you know, kind of monster and have that battle at the end where it doesn't really get that, you know, which yeah. is kind of unfortunate because the setup is there, you know, they yeah, say it,
1: it, it's
2: like the perfect description of this movie yeah is a great creature feature monster movie without a great creature feature or mon- without a great creature or monster
0: it's almost like it's two-thirds <laughs> of the movie right you know you're just kind of yeah. waiting for it to get to that third act where that monster's finally matured into this this huge thing and then you have your showdown kind of thing but it never kind of gets there and it's it's a little bit underwhelming because yeah, there's some
2: it. there's some good gore like yeah. there's still some gore involving like cow's bodies and and You know, little like gross-looking things, but a lot of it's shot very close up too, mm -hmm. and you don't get a good, like, a great look at any of the gore, for the most part.
3: That is, yeah, like some a lot lot of the kills are off camera, besides besides, like the ones that are actually not done by like the creature itself.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean to be to be honest, I mean when they when they kill the calf with the you know the cat or the cow gun. I'm just like, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I can deal with that being off screen a little bit. Cause it's just, it's, that's such a brutal scene too, because she shoots it and it doesn't die right away and you can hear it like screaming and shit. I'm just like, ah, oh, fuck man.
1: Yeah. You know? I felt bad for the little cows. I know, but yeah.
0: I do like, okay. So the overall premise of the film, I do really like this whole kind of playing God dealing with, you know, genetic modifications and the <sighs> shit going wrong. Yeah, The
2: whole concept is that they want to, uh, basically increase the rate of which calves are born so that they can essentially make more meat which means they can up their profit margins in a faster time but so but it's kind of an interesting concept because what happens is a cow cow is pregnant but the calf that is a baby comes out pregnant and it's like what the hell like <laughs> yeah they almost they almost multiple
0: they sped it up too much
2: Yeah, they
0: sped it up too much and it kind of fucking backfires on them but I like the whole process or the whole idea of you know the they basically kill the calf and then they kill mo- they get all of the little pregnant monster or the little monsters and shit except for one gets away um,
2: which really don't look like anything well, because they they, they're exo, kind of looks
0: like a shrimp. Because they're exoskeleton, and the, yeah, they kind of look like they're like exoskeleton embryos. They but almost, it's
2: like they're it, just a glob of mush with like kind of like spiny looking things.
0: Yeah, it almost looks. It was like, a
2: little. It was a little disappointing. Like I like where their head was at. I like where they were like kind of going with the the concept of them, but it doesn't look like anything.
0: Yeah, I, I mean that's probably due to the the film being super low budget. Also, yeah, right? yeah. But yeah, I mean, true, I will true. give them credit. I will give him credit because, you know, this is a mid 2000s film and this is like right in the the glory years of bad CG film, low budget films. Yeah, And they opted to not take that route and they did the effects themselves, which is, you know, you can sh- you can see in the budget, right? I yeah. mean, it's not
2: had they had more money, maybe a little bit more time. We probably would have got a showdown.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we probably would have got that big monster. But. I mean, for yeah. what they did with the budget and these little, I mean, they are unique yeah. in themselves because you don't see a lot of creatures like that. It kind of looked like, you know, someone's jaw kind of running around. I don't know. It, it seemed like it was like almost like
3: teeth. I did. I did like the close up of the eye of the creature. That was probably the best thing about the creature. Yeah. Like it showed like that close up of its eye and, and moving <laughs> around and shit. Yeah. You know, like, for the budget, it's like the guy's first movie, so I'll give him some slack on, like, being, like, not the best effects-wise.
2: Yeah, um, I'll tell you one thing. No matter what cover you get of this thing, it's bad looking. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> did you see all the dvd covers they're so shit
3: yeah yeah. i'm actually looking at it right now and i was like well it's just I, a picture i don't close
2: own, up. i don't own this film <laughs> i would definitely want to own this film but i'm i'm just looking at i was looking at some of the like the uk cover and stuff like they they all look garbage
0: oh the uk one is just fucking disgusting i can't
2: imagine this film did well anywhere
0: no probably not
2: but it should have because it is solid it's just I, I just think that it
1: it's held back
2: you know, it's got a it's got a
0: really I like the location. I like the the isolated feel. It has it's a very atmospheric film.
2: I love that feeling. Yeah, like there's yeah. a lot of water and like mud and just yeah, I am a fan of that.
0: Yeah, it's it's mostly set at night like in the dark kind of thing and so you get a you get that type of feel to it. It's very foggy. Yeah, it's it feels kind of little... it
2: feels cold too. There's actually
0: a really strange moment in the film. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but it's obviously taking place like in the winter months or whatever. And um so when they're inside and a bunch of shit goes down, uh, they they end up outside after this you know shit goes down, and it had snowed, but like the previous scenes leading up to that, there was no snow on the ground. Do you guys notice that? Yeah, <laughs> I was kind of, all of a sudden it was like, oh, it got winter out there.
3: <laughs> yeah. Was, well, what are you guys saying about it being held back? But I still like like the characterizations because you do get enough of the characters to see that they have a history. Like, uh, uh for example, like uh the like the scenes between Dan and Orla, when yeah. you see that they have a pass and they're tr- interacting with each other, and they have like this thing quarrel with uh, the John character, who's also a mystery because we don't really get to know like we get to know his full attentions or, but we don't get to know like the like the backstory of why like these things why are the way they are. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I think
2: I mean? that I I think that it is kind of a little weird that they chose to have this uh, this uh experiment on like this isolated farm and not in some like laboratory you know what i mean well the
0: the reason why uh, see i thought about that too actually and i came to the conclusion that i think maybe they thought that if something were to go wrong i mean they weren't they couldn't predict this right but if something were to go wrong they're like on this isolated place and they could probably contain it you know if something eventually did go wrong that's just how i interpret it you know like if you're in a lab and this shit you know goes crazy in there I yeah. mean, there's just, it, there's more potential to be very disastrous kind of the thing.
2: The tagline should have been, if you're you fucking with mad cow disease is bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, when you're fucking with genetic, who knows, right? You know, it's always in the back of your mind. I might create something that I might regret.
2: Yeah, that's why you isolate it into a lab.
0: No, I think, I don't know. But labs
2: are. No, that, that's seriously what you do though, right? Like but you, then again. You, you like, make you all can... these like fail safes. <laughs>
0: I don't know, man. Be- I, I mean, having you know, fully grown cows in a lab and shit. I mean, it does kind of make sense, and I, they probably do experiments like that on farms and shit because they, they have def- the room. They have the they, room. Well, they
2: they definitely do experiments in secured. Yeah you know yeah you remember, so this is like
0: a, this is small town like it's like you know middle yeah, of fucking you, nowhere you don't know how much like it doesn't seem like it's that legal it seems like they're kind of fucking doing it illegally too yeah so. we don't know
3: if this john guy was working by himself you know what i mean and he didn't have like the funding to have like a whole lab so yeah. because they never tell that because it's that contained you know yeah
2: I mean? well they really don't explain a lot of that to begin no, with, they
0: I, I felt like it was kind like, of like
2: I'll call I'll call a little bit of bullshit on it, but you know it doesn't hurt the movie overall. I feel
0: like yeah, there was just it was kind of shady, right?
3: Yeah. So that's like, the impression because he was even because he was even paying like the people that I was working with even Dan himself and Orla were having like, like we haven't gotten paid yet. You know what I mean?
2: Who who were the two that showed up in the? Uh Jamie and Mary. They don't and, really and now. They were just like random people, right? See, well, they were on
0: the run from something.
3: Because uh, uh, Mary's brothers didn't like Jamie because he was banging her their sister, and she even says in the film, "If they find him, they're going to kill him." Yeah, that's why they were hiding out there because they were watching the main roads. So they were going to wait a few days and then travel after they stopped like searching the main roads. You know what I yeah. mean? They actually explained that, and uh, he/she says that to Dan. Yeah, but they were—they
2: did they, the the couple or the ex couple didn't know them, right?
3: No, no, because they were mm-hmm. they was hiding in front of the farm. They was yeah, that's just, that's just where they ended up, right? I mean, yeah, because even he was like shooing them off, like shoo off, canker. I think the
0: yeah, he allows, them, yeah, he allows them to stay after he helps birth mm-hmm. that calf and shit. He's like, yeah, you can stay. Which is yeah. probably not the best decision they made.
2: <laughs> kind of a kind of a gross scene as well, but yeah, yeah really, uh, it it's definitely a movie that I very much enjoyed. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, I I think that it could be better. It's a classic case of a movie that probably was held back by its budget, but still delivered. They mm. made about probably as best of movie as they could make given the circumstances. Like I believe that. So, like, I, I don't really fault the filmmakers in any decisions because I truly feel like they probably capitalized on everything they could. It's crazy, yeah. man. It,
0: it says the estimated budget on this was 2.9 million pounds. Fuck. That's wow, actually, that's that, actually a lot. Yeah, that's actually not that low budget for a film <laughs> like this, considering, considering there's only, like, six characters in the whole fucking film.
2: Yeah, what the hell could the money have been spent on?
0: I don't know, man. I mean, one location, like, five or six main characters, and... I, I probably it was probably spent on that song they use in the end credits. <laughs> yeah, probably. exactly. Clearing the fucking rights to it. Uh, <laughs> so shit, I'm lowering
2: my rating by three points. No, I'm kidding.
3: <laughs> by three points, holy shit! <laughs> uh,
2: but yeah, do uh, you guys have much more on this one.
3: No, I don't want to really spoil like the ending. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's a pretty simple movie. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, I'll go first. Um, yeah, I like this movie a lot. It's kind of right up my alley. Kind of reminded me of a film called Splinter, where a bunch of people are stuck in a gas station. Um, kind of reminded me, like, on the same scale as that one. Maybe a cool double feature there. Um, that that is
0: fucking awesome, man. I love Splinter. Yeah, yeah,
2: Splinter's fun. And, uh, yeah, this one's fun, too. Um, I really was kind of... Da- like, this could be a very off-putting concept to people, like you know, mutant cow movie. <laughs> like, well, all it's the, the, animal, the best mutant cow movie out there.
0: All the right activist now. groups and shit are going fuck isolation. You know, they're trying to play god and shit like just let that shit play out, you know, naturally. Yeah. But definitely not for those people, man.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and also just some people might think it would come off like super cheesy too. Like oh, tre- cat, yeah. mutant cows, what? <laughs> but actually pretty cool. Uh I'm coming in at a solid 7 out of 10.
0: Nice yeah man. Um, I'm actually with the exact same rating, seven out of ten. Uh, I think it's pretty good for what it is. It definitely shows its constraint budget constraints, but um, yeah, overall, it's actually not a bad film. I'm just very impressed that they didn't go the c g route, and that's that says a lot for myself. so seven out of ten yeah. man it's a pretty- I watch
2: these movies all out of order too. I watched this one the last no <laughs> oh, I watched.
0: Uh, I watched them out. Of, I watched this one first, but I watched. No, nope. I usually watch them all chronologically. Yeah, yeah I watched, I watched Byzantium this one
2: last. I watched Byzantium first, and I watched the Canal second.
0: Yeah, I watched Byzantium because I knew it was the longest one, so I watched it last. But
2: yeah, I usually will try to watch the longest ones first. Um, but I also the t- the two the Canal and Byzantium were both on Netflix, so that's oh I watched those two first. Oh nice, nice.
3: Yeah, so. I like this film for what it is. Like, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna give shit on the guy because the, uh, the creature because it's his first movie. You know what I mean? Because we see like in *Ferocious Planet* how it could have been, fucking CGI'd out of its ass and look. Even though like it was like maybe like an early sci-fi channel movie. I'm not really sure it was part of the *Manhunter* ser- series. The one he did. Uh, yeah, I like the characters. You know what I mean? Like the, the cast is great in this. I like. Uh, they were well cast in their roles, and I really like the camera work, especially during the nighttime shots. And like you know, like even though like there is some like mystery between things that we don't know about, like the plot and shit, and things that we do know, I still highly enjoy this one. And uh, like even the final scene, it puts a little smile on my face, and then you hear like that fucking song at the end credits, just puts that smile even higher. So uh, I'm gonna come in. Uh, 8 out of 10, same rain I had before. I really enjoyed this one.
0: Nice. Good stuff. 42 Shots. Alright, so... Moving along here. Uh, Second film from 2012 titled Byzantium. No, it is not a movie about the Byzantium Empire. This is actually a vampire film. <laughs> um Yeah, 2012 Byzantium. Quick little synopsis on it. Uh, residents of a coastal town learn with deathly consequences. The secret shared by the two mysterious women who have sought shelter at a local resort.
3: Yes. Uh, Directed
0: by Neil Jordan. Neil Jordan, uh fucking Derek's favorite director. You know, he's got a pretty interesting uh history of films here man. I mean going right back to Angel, The Company of Wolves, Mona Lisa, and of course High Spirits, what we brought up, you know, earlier in the show. Um, the crying game. The the the, the famous crying game <laughs> everybody knows. Uh, uh, Probably I, I, Yeah. But uh, yeah you know, I think, you know do you think he's more famous for directing the crying game or interview with the vampire?
3: I don't know. Lou. Uh, they're both hits, you know
0: what i mean? Yeah. Interview, interview the Vampire is pretty pretty famous, man. and Rice story. Um But yeah, man, he's uh, you know, comes out of nowhere with Byzantium. I guess he hadn't done a he hadn't done a horror film in a while, right? I think Well, like, really, well,
3: well, he did In Dreams it was kind of like psychological horror. Dude, you know. The, I
2: haven't seen a single one of these dude's movies besides yeah, I Oh, I, I did see Interview with the Vampire, but I haven't seen it since
0: 1995,
2: which I was four, so...
0: Okay, so I haven't seen Intrigance, but yeah, I was thinking this was probably his first one since uh, Interview with the Vampire, which is kind of, you know, the connection there is the vampire stories, but, and you know, and you (laughs) can see that, I mean, if you've seen Interview with the Vampire, and then you watch this movie, you can see the, you know, the storytelling is, it's not the same, but it's similar, you know, in construction. You know what, like, I actually
2: remember a little bit about Interview with the Vampire, and I literally haven't seen it in over 20 years. Um, yeah. which is just crazy, but, um, yeah, I, 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 do remember the movie though. Like I do, I, I, remember certain aspects of it. I've always wanted to revisit that one.
0: Mm-hmm. I always, mm-hmm. I was always disappointed with the film cause I always wanted more Christian Slater cause he plays the, the guy doing the interview Yeah, at the beginning of the film. And then I, you get him in the beginning and the end, kind of thing, but Christian Slater at the time, I always liked that guy, man.
3: I don't know, but yeah, so yeah, those, yeah, this one has a very interesting cast. Uh, Shorsha Ronan. That's how you pronounce her first name, I believe, Shorsha.
0: Yeah, it plays Eleanor. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And then we're introduced to Collar, who's played by Jimmer Arcton, who actually has a fun fact. Uh, that's actually connected to moods. Please tell. She was born with six fingers on each hand. Oh, no, I was—I
0: I only had six fingers on one hand. <laughs> oh, is it one? Yeah. I had really? uh, I had an extra toe on each foot. So uh-huh. I'm revealing things about myself right now that I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever mentioned. That's...
2: Yeah, you've mentioned that.
3: You yeah. mentioned it on the show. Oh, yeah,
0: I did actually. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's interesting. That's what... Yeah, that's interesting, man, because she is fucking like, she's sexy. Like, you know, like how you, you know, some women are just like pretty and some are beautiful. Some are like hot. She's fucking sexy, dude.
3: Wait, which girl? Uh, uh, the one who plays Carla, uh, Jim Arterton. The mom yeah, in the yeah, film. Yeah,
2: the mom, yeah. She is. She's, she's just like
0: she's like sexy, man. There's something about her, like just the way her presentation.
3: Former Bond girl, too.
0: Yeah, dude. Fuck. She's oh man, really, really, really attractive, man. Yeah. Um But yeah, Byzantium, man, it's uh basically the story of these, you know, these two girls, uh Clara and her daughter Eleanor, who have been vampires for two hundred years, and this is kind of the story. Of them, I mean, they basically have been evading, you know, the Brethren, the Brethren for a couple hundred years because the story is is that Clara, um, she created when she wasn't allowed to. So once you're part of the yeah, Brethren, there's like rules to yeah. The so Empire there's rules. Goes. So if you're in the Brethren, you know, you're, there's these rules, and if you break these rules, you are killed. And she did. She, you know, she created, which was her daughter and stuff. So they've been on the run for like two hundred years, and it kind of goes through that a little bit, but. I like how they tell the story, they intertwine like, you know, they basically flashbacks. have Eleanor's story, like she basically tells her story from the beginning to the present, and it kind of tells that story throughout the film through these flashbacks and stuff, and it's very interesting how the, the story's interwoven and shit, I, I really enjoyed yeah, the It, it kind of has
2: a cool concept too, like where yeah. she's, she's telling her story by writing it on pages and like throwing them into the wind. It's, like, very, like, poetic.
0: Very, very poetic. Very poetic. Yeah. Um, but I like that. It's it's a very simple story, but it it's very effective in its approach. And it's interesting, too, because you don't really know exactly, like... I don't know, man. I, to me, it seems a little bit unpredictable because it could end up, you know, going one way or the other kind of thing. I like this one, man. I really like the characters. I Clara, I mean, she's not necessarily the most likable character because her profession... Of choice
3: is being a whore you know she was it, in she was, it was the way that it happened to her too though
0: major yeah industry.
2: i i definitely don't look at her as like bad because when you see how she got into that it's like very brimstony.
0: no exactly 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 i mean she didn't have a choice of, Yeah, you know of she, she was kind of thrown johnny
3: in mail fucking johnny lee miller fucking yeah, he's like an a asshole total Fuck dick it. man
0: So she was thrown into you know into the sex career that way but you know she's But she keeps reliving it, you know throughout the whole 200 years and that's kind of where it takes us into the present And she basically picks up this dude at this uh, at this place and he's got this flat and he lives in Byzantium That's the name of this was once a hotel and, you know, his mother left him his place and it's now a, uh, you know, an apartment building, which is, I, I, that's cool, man. That fucking flat dude was so, so
3: cool, man. I love that. I like, I like Noel as a character when we first meet him because we see that he's, like, flawed and, like, he's oh. just lost his mother and then, yeah, he's like, he, like he's just going wrong for the ride, you know, and then, you know, it's like, he's like, she's talking, he's talking to Eleanor, he kind of befriends her in a way. He's like, what is your fucking collar doing, you know, and fucking, I like his, his character. He's well, kind he, like,
0: of he leg- yeah, he like legitimately wants to help though, because at this point, yeah. you know, Clara and Eleanor are homeless. An event happens that kind of puts them out in the streets, and he kind of takes them in. And you know, Clara takes it upon herself. She's like, "Wow, this is a perfect, this is a perfect setting to to set up shop to make money, which is by boring yeah. out other girls and stuff." And and meanwhile, all this is happening. Yeah, they, they set up a brothel. Yeah, we're getting the whole story of Eleanor and the, the whole history of like how they were turned into vampires and who the people are chasing them and. And things like that and
2: it's just i i love the flashback stuff i'm a sucker for that and and like whenever what's the one movie great Um, queen of the damned you know great queen of the damned yeah i love the the flashback way more than anything that's happening in the actual movie like i feel (laughs) like vampires just go so well with like you know like either the victorian era or you know any, any type of eras you know like
0: a lot of films seem to have that uh that time period you know in the early 1800s or the late 1700s is when they were turned into vampires you know yeah. it's just that era and, and I, I just
2: love the concept of somebody being around 200 years you know what exactly I mean? yeah. just like, there's so much story there's so much story and mm-hmm. they really they they really you
0: know tell that in with great emotion in the film too there's a great scene between eleanor and um uh Caleb Laundry Jones, who it Frank, pe- yeah. Frank who appears in this film too, which is I fucking love that guy. I think he's a great actor. And he's she's great. and she's kinda of telling him it's like you know you see his story in the film is that he's actually been dying of like leukemia and shit like that. And and that's the contrast, right? Right there. You know, she's immortal and he's dying type thing, right? And she's basically trying to tell him in so many words that, you know, it's not really the greatest thing to be immortal, like because you know, everything just passes you by, right? You see, here I
2: always call bullshit on that in real life. Like, that's probably my biggest problem with most vampire films. Is I think that being a vampire would be fucking sweet. Well, I I can see where she's
0: coming from though, because when you think about it, like if you get in, this is why, like in you know, vampire mythology, it's hard for vampires to get attached to people because, well, for. Obvious reasons they, you know, might eat them or some shit, but and they don't yeah. age, and, and they don't, the other
1: person does that, but yeah. it's
0: also because they don't want because they still have emotions, right? And what happens yeah, is people. they stay the same age, and then these people die and you know grow old and die, and that's yeah. kind of what they're selling or they're talking about in this film, too. It's you know, 200 years of you know, well, being they around try people and in-
2: vampires is tragic beings but i just don't like but it is a tragedy not, not though because they didn't this choose movie. this life
0: they didn't choose this life so it is technically yeah, a but tragedy. I'm,
2: I'm just saying like if it was real i would i would choose that life like if it, like that's why i always wanted to make a vampire movie
1: yeah that
2: kind of cat that made it showcase how hard it is to be a vampire because there's so many different things that can kill you even yeah. though you can live forever to really focus on the idea that so many things can kill you like yeah, fucking, that, it's actually harder to live as a vampire and not die than it is a human.
0: And you know that yes. actually brings that that brings me to a point I wanted to make. I like the uh, the mythology of these vampires too. They they don't really get into it too much, but it's apparent that you know they're not those myth, you know those stereotypical vampires that can't be in the daytime and only feed at yeah. nighttime thing. They, they walk around in the day. They never really See, touch. I,
2: I didn't really like that. I think that vampires should always not be allowed to walk around. In the
0: I day. like how the mythology from vampire films changes like that. Because oh, this no, film. Filmmaker...
2: I like that people change mythology. I just don't like that change mm-hmm. and,
3: Well, it's not really a change because it happened even in the original novel of Dracula. You walked during the day too. Yeah, yeah, but I don't like it. Yeah,
0: see, I, I love it. I kind of do, man. Like, I like the you know the the old fashioned vampire mythology where vampires if you know struck by the sunlight the uv rays will burn them up i think that's fantastic folklore you know mythology i yeah. think that's great but having a vampire on the flip side you can walk in the uv rays and can hunt during the day and night and just act like a normal person puts a whole nother spin on it too because like you said you were talking about how vampires can die in so many different ways well this this adds to it cuz now their their availability to be killed is is the the danger is just so much heightened now that they're around in the daytime, also.
2: No, it's actually lessened. Why? Because the sun can't kill them, which is the easy the, the hardest thing to avoid in being a vampire. No, no, no. I, I'm,
0: I'm referring to the fact that they they can be around more in the daytime. Like they're exposing themselves to to the everyday potential right. hazardous in life and shit like that. Where a vampire that only comes out at night is only around for what ten hours. Right. But yeah, they can but... technically be around 24 hours a day <laughs> and they, they're they're just subjecting themselves to the natural dangers of of the society that we live in. You know, they're already which really dealing...
2: doesn't affect them that much because they they can only be killed certain ways. True. It's True. not like if they get hit by a car. I just
0: like something. that, though, because, you know, it, you have these daytime scenes, you have these nighttime scenes. It's I don't know. It's a nice little contrast. Well, it's we know, nice, we, nice know we
3: know one way that kills them. Decapitation definitely works. <laughs> Dude, that... Deca- that is yeah. classic. That is it was so... Em- it was fucking awesome.
0: That's one of the best decapitations in, like, in a long time, man. It's just so fucking vicious, man. It's awesome. I love that shit. It's good stuff. Okay, man. so
2: what's up with the mountain? What do you mean? Like, why is it... Why is it, like... Why is it, like, rain blood?
3: I think it's, like, a mystical thing. Maybe, like...
0: Well, yeah, I, I mean I think it has something to do with it's kind of like the um I actually don't really know how to de- to explain it cuz I the way I've thought of it is that that's kind of where the vampirism comes from. Like that's where you're actually being um fully changed into it, I guess or something. I don't know if it's metaphorical or what exactly they're trying to I think to it from. is
3: metaphorical like I don't know if
0: it actually But they don't
2: show it to you as metaphorical, do they? Like like, Well, they show you going
0: into this hole, which I suspected was like the vampire. You know, and so you go into this hole and then that's when you're turned and I think the blood coming out is just the it's like the verification that you are now a vampire.
2: So in this film it's like magic kind of in a sense, in a sense yeah. yeah and
0: i think that's what that's how i interpret it i'm not 100 sure if that's what neil
1: see
2: way. i was hoping that like when they first showed it i was hoping because i think they first show it in a flashback i was hoping that it was going to be like a legend thing where it's like they're just showing you the the story of this place and it's not actually doing that but it seems to be actually doing that from i think what it's I tell
0: see for me I, it, it, it plays out like it's the origin. Of, well, however you want it, the vampirism or the disease or whatever you want. To yeah, call it. I
2: get, I I kind of get it where it's like, yeah, the because it's on an birth.
0: island,
3: right?
2: Yeah, where there's no like, like you
0: personal see
3: because it it's just a, like direct map to it. You know yeah, what I mean? like you
0: have to know where this is. Like people can see the island, but you don't know that's there. Like yeah, it's kind of magical in that sense. I did
2: love that though, and and in fact, if you really look closely at it, it just looks like some sort of like. Um, Filter thing that's placed over the sections of the water.
0: Yeah, the effects on that aren't that great. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, <laughs> I would have
2: cut that out of the movie. Yeah, yeah. I didn't love that. No, that's. I mean, if you just explain it as like magic, hey, th- in this movie, this is the process of becoming a vampire. <laughs> because let's face it, the, every vampire film can create its own mythology. It's not like sacred and un, uh, you know, changeable like so, some vampire films have different mytho- mythology and how you become a vampire
0: yeah i mean i mean you look at the end of the film well towards the end of the film where uh, frank's character goes into there and then that happens kind of thing like was that like the is that the end process of him turning into the vampire probably because eleanor actually did drink from him and i, I would assume that he was infected but he's not fully turned yet i don't know how that works they don't really go into it Well, it
2: seems like you have to go there to become a vampire, right?
0: But, like, it it seemed like, you know, when she was drinking his blood, you know, turning him by, you know, because he'd actually... You you
2: would think if they didn't want people to do that, like, if it was illegal, they would put up guards or something, right?
0: I guess. Yeah, I don't
2: know. Like, if this is magical, mystical, like, this is the only way to become a vampire. It's like, by the way, you guys are not allowed to use this. Mm-hmm. We're gonna leave it wide open.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I, I I really do like the way the story is the whole story is told in this film. You know, with the Reverend chasing him, like it, that whole plot doesn't take away from you know the present day story that's going on too. It's it's a perfect blend of mixing the two plots together. I find one doesn't overtake the other one. I really yeah. enjoy that. I really enjoy that like they don't go too much. Like I feel like the flashbacks in the story being told in the narrative is it's like a perfect blend. And sometimes in these films, it's hard to do. You get more of like, you know, you get more of the period piece and more of the backstory and then not enough of this. But I feel like the balance here is is so well done. It's really, really well done. Like, you don't even feel like you're watching period pieces like somebody like Jeremy. He'd be like, fuck those period pieces, man. I hate them. <laughs> I know? think
2: I, I like that stuff more than I actually like the regular movie.
0: Yeah. But don't you feel it's it, there is a pretty decent balance there,
2: though? You know, in some yeah, the- I do.
0: Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't think that either one outweighed the other.
0: No, I think it was actually a really good balance. I like that in the storytelling, too. I mean, if you take Interview from the Vampire, you know, if you use that as an example, I mean, it starts in the present day, right? And then it, the whole movie is the story, you know, totally different structure, but I like this. It's cool.
3: Yeah, and another thing that I really liked about this uh, uh, there's a scene that actually calls back to the crying game where uh, uh, <laughs> caller and the pimper on the island. On the on the beach! Oh, yeah! And there's this song uh, playing in the background. It's very reminiscent to the scene from The Crying Game at the very beginning where they're at the like the pier. Oh, really? Scene. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of shot similar to it. It has like that backdrop of just having a song played in the background, which uh, is classic like Neil Jordan style. Yeah. In my opinion. Huh.
0: I haven't seen the Crying Game since I had it on VHS back in the day. Mm. So I, I honestly do not remember, man. I honestly do not remember. Another thing I like about this movie is the vampires aren't comic book vampires. You know, they don't have that like over the top, insane, super inhuman strength, and they're not, they're not flying around, turning into bats and stuff. They keep it very, <laughs> they keep it very leveled in this. They make it realistic. I like that. Yeah. Oh. You know,
3: I, mean, I like Eleanor how she feeds because she's not like, you know, like going after like anybody. She's like looking for like people that want to be like what ends up happening to them. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's part and that's part of her character though, right? You know, because yeah. she was she, you know, she was turned by her selfish mom, and you know, and El- I like that story though too. How you know Eleanor really doesn't care for her mom that much because she did. this Yeah, to she's her.
2: ungrateful. Yeah. <laughs> she's an ungrateful. ungrateful little bitch. <laughs> I, I much rather side with the mom. <laughs> yeah. But like, oh, I like Eleanor. She's sitting there giving away the secrets to fucking some dude. It's like, yo, do you not realize we're a secret coven of vampires on the run? It's because you're you know, be telling people she, about she this.
3: She loves them, she ends up falling in love with them.
0: She's spiting. She's spiting her it. mom, man. When you've been around for two hundred years, I think you might want to tell a story too. You. Could you imagine holding in a juicy secret for two hundred fucking years, and not telling? Plus, anybody? She should,
3: plus she's just it's sick like, of fucking running too. She even says it. I'm sick of being on the fucking run. Yeah, and
2: that's well, actually I'm that's sick part of you of it. Bitching, Okay,
3: <laughs> it is true. I mean, think about it. Two
0: hundred fucking years of running from that's this just, fucking brother. Yeah, like
2: it's crazy. It, I think I'd be fine. I'd get to I'm see actually, all these different places i'd be cool and if i don't i don't know i just i, I if you don't want to run anymore don't run and just
3: <laughs> plus, get caught. plus plus this is like the uh callback to it too because the, the town they actually end up in is the town where eleanor was actually in the orphanage because she's like yeah We've been here before yeah that's right that's yeah. actually
0: really cool i like that i yeah that's cool so it's where her story fucking began
2: mm-hmm Mm-hmm. that is true. So ratings. <laughs> <laughs> Moods. When'd you go?
0: Um yeah man Byzantium. I love this movie. When I did a uh, I did a video a long time ago of modern
2: vampire films and this one was pretty high up on my list. I swear to god I thought you uh, reviewed this film on here before but you I don't see it in the ratings. I thought I did too
0: actually. I could have sort yeah. of talked, maybe I just talked about it or something, um, but yeah, man, I I really like the uh, the way the story is told in this. It's very elegant, um, it's very serious. It's got really great acting in it. I think everyone does a great job. It's got really good locations. It's shot beautifully. I mean, there's not really a whole lot wrong with this movie at all. I think it's awesome. I think it's one of the better modern vampire films out there. You know, I mean, it's not it's not that this isn't the film to see if you're expecting like you know just a gore fest you know kill after kill just kind of tasteless and mindless vampirism um this one actually has a story and it has a lot of you know it has lots of stories going on there's a lot of emotion in this film and that's what really sells it to me you know you feel eleanor's pain you know i mean she was brought (laughs) i'm just thinking jp ungrateful little bitch um but, yeah, she, like, she, did, she doesn't want to be this person. And I, I love that about this man. Uh, I'm coming in a 9 out of 10 Byzantium. I think it's <coughs> fantastic. And you know, actually, another really cool thing. I love the fact that, like, the building that they're in is called Byzantium. It used to be a uh, hotel. But they never took the sign down. That is, like, the coolest shit. So yeah. you live in this apartment that has this old hotel sign of Byzantium. And it's just like totally kick-ass looking. And it's like in this really kind of odd area of town too, right? It's like this one big building and everything is kind of smaller and shit. I, I love that. I think it's fucking awesome. But I'm very jealous of those flats though. Having like two floors, that's fucking cool, man. Cool shit. I like it.
3: Yeah, you know, like, I love this movie. It's actually my third time watching it. So it was good to revisit on I me, mean, you know. I love like... Neil Jordan is one of my favorite directors. I like how he uses, like, locations and the way he uses, like, the way he shoots, like, certain locations. And it shows in this film, especially uh, the scenes where they're at the mountain and, like, the piers and the cliffs and the beaches. I like how he shoots, like, certain aspects of those scenes. I love the characters, Eleanor uh, and Clara. They clash. I like the contrast between them. And I like the relationship that Eleanor builds with Frank and – it's just a tremendous, like, uh, little, like, love story inside, like, a uh, tragedy of no one with their vampires and uh, being on the run by this brotherhood, which actually the, the title of this movie, Byzantium, actually has two different meanings why it's called Byzantium, one being about the hotel that they're at, but it also goes into the ending of uh, the movie where we're introduced. But we see seen early in the film with the Salvala character, the, the head of the brotherhood, yeah with a certain like weapon at the end, yeah that's another connection to why this movie is called Byzantium, yeah without going too much into it. well, it was like but, uh, a really
0: powerful empire, wasn't it? like really, yeah. really brutal and powerful empire, yeah, so
3: but I love this one for what it is. It's a different take on the vampire film, which I think a lot of people should check out. so I'm with moods nine out of ten. love it. <clears throat>
2: Yeah, uh, I, I I enjoyed this one quite a bit. I think that um, the period piece stuff mixed with the current life stuff uh, is is um very well mixed. Uh, I love the period piece stuff. I I particularly am more interested in the mother's story than the daughter's story. She just to me, honestly, she came off kind of whiny. I'm like, dude, your mother's life was way harder than yours. What are you bitching about? And. You know, that kind of.
3: Well, well, well. She didn't know her mother was fucking alive either.
2: Well, yeah, but she tells the story, so she eventually finds out. Right? Like, she's the one telling the story about what happened to her mother and stuff like that, so she eventually finds out, uh, for the most part. I think there was something missing in there, but.
3: Well, well, um, Well, actually, the only part missing that she didn't know about was when, uh,. The part where uh, Clara actually talks to the teacher character, yeah, that's the yeah. only part of the story that Eleanor didn't know. Yeah,
2: but but her mother saved her life, you know, and her mother, you know, tried to give her a better life at first, you know. <laughs> so I think that the girl was a quite a quite a, a like ungrateful person. Um, so I like the mother more. That, that doesn't hurt my enjoyment of the movie just because I like one character over the other. But I felt like that the movie kind of tried to make her a little sympathetic too but it just didn't quite work for me um it's still very solid uh, i wasn't crazy about the way that the mountain did the stuff it didn't even look good is is another- like if it would have looked good maybe i would have accepted it but it didn't even look good um and that's probably my biggest negative other than that i think this is a really good modern vampire film a uh, good vampire film in general. Uh, definitely one of the better modern ones that I've ever seen. But I think that there are a lot of damn good vampire films. Like, I'm I'm actually a pretty big fan of a lot of vampire movies. Uh, I'm coming in at an 8 out of 10 on this one. Cue.
0: Cool. Good stuff. Good stuff.
2: Also, it makes me want, like, uh, when we do our 76 show... Like I'm almost hoping we pull one of those like 2000, you know, five to like 2012 years, because like there's so many good movies in those years. I've been watching a ton of good ones lately from like 2010 and 12. 2010 yeah. and 12, are great
0: years. And the fucking prep for those ones is gonna be a little heightened, <laughs> you know, compared to like '76 and shit, right? Yeah. Right. A lot more. Film. I mean, every year. Every, you know, the higher the year goes, man, the more films, like...
2: Unless you're in the 90s. Unless you're it's actually the- less than the 80s. <laughs> yeah, the, the 90s was a disaster.
1: Shots
0: Moving along here into the year 2014 with a film called The Canal, directed by Ivan Kavanagh. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not even going to show it. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce that dude's name at all. So we're just not going to attempt it. Um, Yeah, so the canal. Um, Synopsis A depressed and stressed film archivist finds his sanity crumbling after he is given an old 60 millimeter film reel with footage from a horrific murder that occurred in the early 1900s.
2: Now I'm curious. Um, just before we get into it here, yeah. does anybody remember what year this would have actually been eligible for our lists? I think 2015. Was it 15? Uh, yeah. let
3: me look at the DVD release.
2: Well, I, just because I don't remember, do you got? Did you guys watch it during the year that the it was eligible?
0: Um, when did I review this movie on the show? I, like think, I, ta- I, I think talked think about it in 2015. Show? So I think that I'm. I think that's when it came out then, because I'm pretty sure it was just newly out.
2: Yeah. Okay. So okay, fifteen was a very heavy hitter year. So yeah. Um, yeah. You reviewed it on episode forty-three.
0: Yeah. So that's pretty old. It's almost a hundred episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, man! That's crazy. Um, yeah, man. The canal. Uh, I shit, man! I don't even remember what I even had it rated on the show or anything. It's crazy. Um so the canal follows, you know, our main character David who's again the film archivist. Um and what happens is, you know, it, you know, this movie
2: is very reminiscent of Sinister. Dude, I totally had a had a Sinister vibe in this film. Yeah, it's kind <laughs> of the same
0: kind of the same deal, you know. Um a little yeah, different, though. Yeah, definitely different. But uh, It's yeah, definitely so, different. So David is a film archivist, and he's just doing his job one day. You know, he's just... Uh, you know, his uh, assistant is, you know, putting films on and stuff, and they're doing his job. He's going through these films, watching them and shit. And he notices in this one particular one, I think it was from, like, 1902, that uh, right away he notices his house is in this, and it's actually a video or a film of, you know, this murder that had taken place inside his house and shit, so... He later goes home and he tells his wife, he's like, man, like pretty fucked up thing happened at work today. Like I'm watching this film and there's murders happening in this house and shit. And she's like, oh, that's crazy. Um, and then so right after he confides that to his wife, he finds out that his wife is actually cheating on him. Yeah. Uh, like right away. So like all this crazy shit is happening to him like instantly. And I don't know if it's actually stated in the film, but they've been in the house. They didn't just move in. They've actually been in the house for a few years. And they Uh, never knew any of this.
3: I I believe it actually five years passed since they moved in.
0: Yeah, so they've been in this house for five years and they didn't know any of this. And it turns out that, you know, David's wife is actually cheating on him. So he kind of follows her one night. Uh, Something happens and she ends up going missing. Uh, Later on, we find out that she's actually dead. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so I remember when I was watching this, um I had an idea of how the film was going to play out. It didn't happen exactly how I expected, but I totally was getting like some a mix between like Sinister and like a un unaf- like a a non-Hellraiser Sequel that Pinhead was like sprinkled like and I was six, like, six I was like, somebody seven? could t- if they replace all the supernatural stuff with Pinhead in this movie, it totally would have fit in with one of the <laughs>
0: sequels. That's funny, actually.
2: It's True. Here. Um, but yeah, so first of all, uh, I actually really like this movie. Like, I don't know if if you what you guys feel about this. Was actually my first time watching this one. Oh, is it really crazy? Mine too. This is the only one I had didn't watch rewatch so I actually really like the setup to this one um this guy you know witnesses his wife having sex with another man and and instantly goes into like oh rage. I would have been I, I would have been fucking <laughs> just fucking kill them there
3: you know what I mean like
0: yeah i don't I don't know how because there's actually a scene where he literally sees his wife being pounded by this guy yes. and he's like standing you know kind of on the opposite side of the room and he picks up a hammer and mm-hmm. he essentially does not, he doesn't do what you th- most people would do, you know? Yeah, so I would do it. That, that, I mean, to have that restraint is just fucking insane. <laughs> you
1: know? Well, I,
2: it, it's funny because, like, I think that you get a different perspective from different people. Because, like, me, you know, not being in a serious relationship, mm-hmm. like, I think it would be kind of, like not a big deal to not kill somebody when you see that but that's just me because like i don't have those feelings that some of you guys that are in long-term relationships have but to me i'm like i'm like yeah definitely don't kill them dude (laughs) like i wouldn't do that if i were you yeah
0: you see i would man because like i've been with my wife since 2004 you know it's been 14 fucking years and if something was going i'd be that's it
3: Plus, you know. plus, plus. When plus, when you have a son involved, it gets even worse because yeah, because then it gets fucking dirty on that end too.
2: Yeah, see, I just like just as me, I'm like I value my life and like I don't care, I, like whatever, do your thing. I'm I'm gonna go. I, I'm better than this. Like I'll find somebody cooler than you. <laughs> but that's just me. so. I think, you know, so, but I I think like,
3: that actually builds into his character too because he does restrain himself.
2: Yeah, yeah and and i loved I, this one of my favorite things in these type of movies is when a detective shows up and believes that the char- the lead character has killed the the wife and they're trying to, like, not do anything. And, and it's it's awesome because this guy does have a secret that he's withholding from them. So he is technically lying to them, yeah. which adds, like, another level to this thing. Because it's like, well, I can't tell them this because then they're going to even suspect me more. So I can't tell him the truth. Yeah, he can't because tell Because he was them. there that night, but he didn't.
0: That's what he know. can't t- He can't tell the cop that he actually saw them because that just yeah. makes a prime suspect number one. But, yeah, I, I love that, too, that, that the cop right away. Is making him prime yeah, suspect number one. Because- there's actually
2: a great line of dialogue because the cop tells him that the wife was cheating on him, so he has to play it like he didn't know. And yeah. then he's he, yeah, the cop yeah. asks, "Hey, did you kill your wife?" And he's like, "Hey, di- are you asking the other guy if if he killed her?" And he's like, "Yeah, well, he has a sound type alibi." And and he's like, "The reason that we always ask the husband is because." always the husband
3: it,
0: well I <laughs> and mean, i
2: was like oh shit that's actually yeah, true re- though
3: man that's
0: actually it true. so yeah. it
3: is often the I, husband yeah yeah I, re- I really enjoy the detective character even though he's not really in the film but when he is it's uh actually the actor is uh steve oram who played uh, in sightseers that's the one film i know him from oh dude that?
0: when i was re-watching i couldn't remember where i'd seen him from man that movie sightseers is fucking hilarious He's yeah, so he's, good in that movie, man. Like that movie, oh, I think JP would even yeah. appreciate that. Some dark ass fucking comedy right there. Yeah,
3: it's <laughs> brutal. It's good shit. Yeah. So yeah, um, he was in the dark song. He was, that was the latest one. Yeah. He was yeah. In,
0: exactly. Yeah, I remembered him from yeah, that. But yeah, so yeah he's, serious,
3: the, he's the only actor that I recognize from. Yeah. Well, besides the the Claire character, the his you know his co-worker there, I recognize her from. I can't remember what I recognize her from, but she has that look. You mm-hmm. know
2: what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So. This movie, I, at first, I was like, I really love the setup, and then once we started seeing like the supernatural part of the movie, I was like, kind of turned off. Where I was like, I don't really like where this is going. Well, but then it saved itself in the end, where I actually really like where it went. Yeah. So I think this one was super- kind of a roller coaster for me. This, like, this is like I was a- really into it, then I wasn't, then I really was again.
0: This is, it's an interesting film because it's one of those psychological films where you know you're you're it's either a supernatural film right we're actually dealing with like demons or it's it's all on him and he is we're actually seeing the you know his downfall right yeah so this
2: one kind of does something different than both of those yeah in the end like what 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 you're what you're told at least how I took it is that it's almost you know, without spoiling anything, it's those things, but not quite. Um, so I thought that that was kind of a refreshing take on this type of psychological movie where it's either usually it's in their head or it's supernatural. I thought it was a nice yeah. little There's a lot of good scenes too
0: that really kind of twist it up too, like the scene where he's watching the uh um the footage with his um with his partner there. Yeah, and Claire, and, and, yeah. and then we get another view of it and it kind of plays out a little bit different and shit. Like this one. This one really fucks with you quite a bit. And I I, yeah. I still think that the whole ride right to the end is insane. But then there's a scene in the, the very last shot in this film has to be the most ambiguous mind fuck ever. It's so ambiguous. Uh-huh. Because if they don't put that last shot in the scene, they just end the film where, you know, before that scene kind of thing. It's still ambiguous, I guess, in a, in a sense. But what do you make of the very last scene in this in this film?
2: Um, I'm trying to think. What the very is it the, in the car? In no, those, it's, like it's, ab, door, it's It's a, back a, a, a in it's
0: shut. It's back in the house
2: with the realtor. Oh, I'm trying to think. With oh, the, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking. So
0: about. So I'm just saying, if the end, if the film is, if it doesn't show that scene right there, the ending is still kind of ambiguous because there's really i mean it's open for interpretation essentially but Mm -hmm. but you can go either way right you can probably interpret it to the point where okay that's what happened you know it was this way but when they but you know once you've made up your
2: mind they throw this
0: little curveball in there and what the fuck
2: oh this this movie definitively has a ending and what and what really happened like i can say that Without, I'm trying not to spoil it, but yeah, it this the it's not up for interpretation. This this movie,
0: uh, you don't think so? This
2: ending, no, it's not. And there's a few reasons why that I can't really say because it it will yeah it's spoil the hell out spoil. of movie. But yeah, there's there's definitely a set ending and what happened and what's real and what's not and all that stuff falls in line, um, with this film.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean. I, I mean, I still think it's open for interpretation a little bit. I think it's pretty ambiguous, to be honest. But uh,
2: Maybe you missed something that I might have caught or something like that. But um, we'd have to talk about that off air. But one thing that I want to point out is there there was a couple scenes at the end of this movie that actually scared me. I was like, holy shit, Like this movie just got really creepy all of a sudden. And one of them involves a terrifying birthing stillborn scene yeah. which i was just like what the fuck is this like fucking black mud and shit like, yeah oh, shit. yeah dude when he's, then- he's
0: in the water and he's having these visions of his fucking dead wife giving birth to his this like demon baby
2: <laughs> oh <laughs> dude it was so disturbing yeah dude, that, that, that's they a- actually show the vagina and and the baby coming out of it I'm i know like, I like, yeah oh, it's,
0: it's totally out of left field too like it's totally because yeah. the movie's not like that up until that point at all
2: yeah, I right? was like, holy hell, it's very like, subtle.
0: Dark. It's very atmospheric and it just kind of throws you this the scene is pretty crazy actually. Yeah. And then
2: there and then the scene right before the car scene at the end, that was creepy as well. I'll tell you what, I came up an entire point in in the final act of this movie. And and the finals the final like three scenes.
0: Yeah. I think there's a lot of creepy scenes throughout this man. The one scene in this film that actually it, it, it still got to me again, and I think it's because I had a very similar moment happen to me in my life when I was when I was a kid. But it's the scene where he's standing in downstairs and he, there's no one there, and he can hear the footsteps upstairs. And just the way it's shot and the way it sound it's just it's fucking creepy to me because he kind of stops. He's like, "What the fuck is that?" And he can kind of hear these footsteps and like I love them. I don't know. There's something so damn creepy about that. Like just the way they shot that. I was, that's fucking awesome. There's a few scenes like that in the film that are like legitimately really good, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, that's actually hard to do. It's uh, hard to scare. I, these I always
3: love the scene with the fucking, I think the flower and then the cop comes the next
2: day and he's like, what are you trying to bake a cake or something? <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah. But I like the um, a lot of the set pieces to this one. Like the canal itself is very cool. Yeah, uh, the the public restrooms are very gross and di- remind me of, like Candyman or is something that ch- like that. That shit
0: for real. Like those type of fucking bathrooms just exist in the middle of like almost nowhere. You know,
2: it's, it's funny you asked that there. because um, I don't know what it's like in there, but we do have a few of those type of like rest stop rest stations like. That look like that, yeah. It just it just seems it's like just if like you go in there
0: It just seems to me if you go in a place like that, you're never coming back out.
2: Like did you ever see the movie Rest Stop? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like you know how that's just like a a restroom there? Yeah. Like that's kinda of, like I we have those sometimes. Huh. Like, yeah, those places like, around, around like around like a boss. I mean, I'm sure dude. we do too. I have, yeah. But I, that one just seems like it's
0: in the middle of butt fuck nowhere. You know, it's like yeah. this. Yeah, well I mean you canal. also
2: have like one theater in your area so i doubt they'll build a bunch of rest stop restrooms
0: but like what the fuck is i mean you're you're kind of in the middle of nowhere there's a there's like a channel like a canal right there what do you need a bathroom for just whip it out and fucking piss in the field or some shit man
2: oh yeah no doubt i I mean maybe it's more for the people that like maybe that like is there like a job with so, so. that canal or something?
3: Yeah. You <laughs> don't get arrested. I don't know how the yeah, those are know. if you get caught. It, it
2: is it is odd placement, I guess. There's just a random bathroom, but bad uh, we don't odd, really know the story of that little area either. But it makes for bad, a cool bad.
0: set piece Oh, it's kinda it's yeah. really creepy, man. Yeah. yeah. Really, actually, yeah, and I, there's a scene where where he's kind of well kind of having a, a vision or nightmare or whatever you want to put it and he's he sees this fucking face kind of creep up over the, the stall on him, that shit is yeah. fucking creepy as fuck man I don't know what it is about that scene dude but that, that shit, it, it literally gave me goosebumps man, I was like holy fuck I don't know, I, I think it's just the fact that like being in a stall and then having someone kind of creeping on you like that <laughs> it's unsettling man,
3: I don't know and I even like the little kid, his son there he wasn't like annoying like an annoying actor, you know what I mean no, his he
0: performance actually, was actually pretty good. Yeah, it was actually really good. Yeah, yeah. It's no, so, uh, you know, Boba Duke. <laughs>
3: yeah. uh,
0: I don't mind the kid from the Boba Duke because he was he was supposed to be annoying. So yeah, he I mean, did a good I, job.
2: He grew. There was me. actually an Irish film that came out this year that I was actually going to go to a screening of called The Lodgers, I never got to it. Hmm. Mm. I don't yeah, think I've heard
3: one. of that one. Seriously. So, we got anything
0: else?
2: Nah, that's it. Um, it's another one that's maybe... hard to
0: talk about because you just can't yeah, get it. Yeah, you don't want to really
2: very go away. Spoiler heavy. Yeah. I know,
0: right? It's like, fuck. But uh,
3: uh, who hasn't gone? I'll, I'll go first. Yeah, this is the first time watch for me. Uh, I really like, like the psychological aspect of this one. It builds off the David character. Very well, and just the way that it goes because you never know. Like, uh, kind of, it's kind of one of those movies where you think it's gonna go one way, but and then you're glad it doesn't without going too well into it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You Not know, spoiling too much, and I'm glad it didn't go the way I thought it was gonna go, you know what I mean? And the ending, I really did enjoy, you know, like the aspects of the supernatural stuff. Some of it was kind of hokey, especially like, you know, kind of like the paranormal activity flower stuff, you know, <laughs> in fucking, uh But it kind of builds well with this type of movie, too, kind of, because it is a psychological movie. So it kind of has like that J-horror vibe in some scenes, which I know maybe might be JP's uh, problem with it. Does that makes sense? The what? You, you know... Like the, the supernatural stuff is kind of like j horror, especially the, the scene. No, no. I didn't have a
2: problem with it at all.
0: Oh, like, really? in, the, like in the film footage when they're kind of – they they see the old yeah, lady standing it's, it's, in the field and shit?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that is actually very j horror influence right there. Especially sure. the
3: way that the, the, the character's hair is and stuff.
0: Yeah. Kind of makes for sure. sense.
3: Yeah, so it kind of has that vibe. So I really like that stuff for what it is. So what do I rate this film? I loved it. 9.5 out of 10. Oh,
2: high praise. Uh, yeah, so this movie, for me, I really, really liked. I actually liked it more than all the other films that we reviewed. Um, and like just looking at some of the Irish films, I actually seen a little bit more than I thought I had because some films I didn't know were Irish, like Stitches uh, and I Am Not a Serial Killer and Dark Song. Um, this is probably one of my more favorites. And speaking of which man, I had a hard time remembering what titles we were reviewing this time. Yeah, I, I I watched I, I watched all three of them in from it's Sunday now. So from Saturday to Sunday. I watched all three of these. I kept thinking it was the Hollow. I kept thinking it was Citadel. Like all the titles just like I thought the canal oh. and Citadel for some reason i still feel like we were doing citadel like i swear to god somebody said citadel at one point um, <laughs> but it but it also hurts because i think moods when we initially came up with the concept for this we were just gonna do we were gonna pick the other two films and i think he had mentioned a couple so that's why it kind of stuck in my memory yeah yeah but um the only one i didn't need help with was byzantium because i i knew that i knew that one we were doing but let us praise the good one anyway i'm sure we could do a couple more volumes of this for sure because yeah, like, oh, oh hell there's a lot. only have a sacred deer plus there seems to be like one maybe coming out
3: every year so
0: yeah hell. dude like grabbers the hollow fucking uh let us pray this has been a lot of good ones recently man uh from the yeah, dark fact, Fr- the from the dark was really one, good
2: the only two that i've seen that i wasn't crazy about is rawhead rex and shrimps Shrooms grew on me. It took me like a second watch. See, I loved, loved Shroom the first time I watched it. I liked it. it the first time I seen it, and I haven't liked it the other two times I've seen it. I, I've, I haven't watched it in years. It's been so long. Yeah, anyway, uh, I, I'm coming in high on this one because I really did like it. Uh, not as high as Derek, but um, I came. I was at about a 7.5, and then by the end I was like, oh, I gotta give it credit for those couple things in the end because they were awesome. Especially the the car scene. <laughs> Like yes, um, I'm gonna give it an eight point five out of ten.
0: Yeah, the car nice. scene is um, probably something you didn't see coming. <laughs> no, I, didn't. <laughs> I know. Uh, I love this movie, man. I, I it's probably one of the only films of recent memory to actually me- creep me out a few times. Like legitimately, like oh fuck, man. Like I don't know. I watched this movie super late too. Maybe that helped. I don't know.
3: But, yeah, that helped me too. Like it was like it
0: was I. My- I did as well yeah man it was it's fucking it does it man it's It's a good film it's very very atmospheric it's shot well I love the location. Every the, the whole structure of this film is just fantastic to me I think it's got great pacing to it it's in, It's intriguing you know because it's like a mind fuck psychological I think it's really great man all the way around um, 9 out of 10 I'm coming in at 9 sweet,
1: I, sweet. Wow. I'm she- actually
2: surprised I came in the lowest because I thought I loved this movie and moods in fact uh, you came up many points from your first watch. Yeah. Because your first watch was a 7.5, I think. Damn. Really?
3: Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah this hey, I, didn't give it, I didn't give it a 10, so I'm getting better at reviewing movies. You know, I, I really enjoyed this one.
2: <laughs> yeah, you gave it a 7.5 on episode 43, which was almost 100 episodes ago. So, I, I mean, second, second watch is definitely... help. but I'll tell you right yeah, now, if this so. was... If I had seen this for 2014 or 2015, debatable which year it came out, uh, it most likely would have made my list on both years. So that's saying something. Um, And just looking at the list in general, they would be completely reworked right now. My feelings have changed a lot on some of these films. Yeah, it happens with rewatches, man, you know? Yeah, but that's fine. I mean, the the whole point of the list is like, this is what we feel right now. Um, Exactly. But... It's kind of cool. Like I've often thought, like if there, it, if we should just leave those lists permanently like that, or we should ever do like an updated version. I don't know. I'm still kind of torn on the idea. Kind Maybe of like, in a few more that. years, you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe a ten year anniversary of uh, 2013. <laughs> we'll do a 2023. We'll do a revisionist history. Well,
0: all these lists have changed so much. Like even 1968 has changed. You know, I've seen I mean, a couple yeah, films even from there. 1968
2: has changed for me. Yeah, pretty <laughs> yeah. much. I think every list here has changed uh, in some form or another. Like, I know for a fact, 2002, I most definitely would have had Dahmer at, like, my number... Actually, you know what? Frailty wouldn't even be on there because that's a 2001 film. <laughs> and it was everybody's number two and my number one. <laughs> and it wouldn't shouldn't even count.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that was... But, very, very seldomly do we fuck up with shit like that.
2: We've only fucked up twice.
0: Yeah. It happens. I mean, and, uh, 131 episodes, yeah, it's pretty rare. But Definitely
2: yeah, rare. so... Uh- but to that the, the Canal is really good I definitely recommend checking it out if you haven't uh, All three of these films are very solid Very very solid Irish films uh, All three of these films I would put in my collection I do own a handful of Irish films But I don't own any of these I'm going to pick them up when I get a chance uh, If As long as they're not out of print or expensive Or anything like that But uh, yeah I mean this was a fun show I'm glad we did it uh, And I definitely think that next year around this time We could do a volume 2 definitely. Yep Sounds but it does me, seem like it, it. seems like this month we barely ever do a show for like during. I was looking at the history. Well, this like, is actually the Thursday things.
3: This is actually funny because this is actually kind of my brainchild because it was I ran ran this idea of I was I was thinking the moods like guys never do anything for St. Paddy's Day.
2: No, we never have, and we've we've had shows planned. Like we had uh, yeah, shit came up first, one year we, yeah. We had Leprechaun Origins planned two different times yeah. to cover that, uh, and then we were g- thinking about doing Red Clover once. And I know for a fact that that two, at least two years in a row we didn't do a show on St. Patrick's Day.
1: Yeah, like, so like weird. they didn't
2: mm. post the week of St. Patrick's Day.
0: That's fucking crazy.
2: Yeah. So this is really in in our what five year run of the show. It's another ne-
0: it's another neglected uh, holiday though. There's not that many St. Patty's like
3: based horror films. Well, besides Muck, but that sucked.
0: You know it's it's really <laughs> it's really kind of strange that there isn't more. You think it's it's like Valentine's Day. Like how in the fuck is there not more films based on Valentine's Day? It's like a perfect day. I know. I'm I, I'm actually shocked. I know. It, not. It's crazy, man. I mean, we yeah. have hundreds of you know Christmas horror. Halloween, of course, but these other smaller holidays are totally neglected.
3: Yeah, you never know.
2: Actually, you know what, dude? What's up? Leprechaun came out on St. Patrick's Day. We actually did do one. Our, our episode thirteen. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, that oh, was our only go. only St. Patrick's Day episode, I think. <laughs> Shit! Here you go.
3: That's oh. old school.
0: Good stuff, good stuff. Well, I guess that is going to conclude episode 131 here on the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. Jeremy, take no, I'm just joking. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, man, that's uh, Derek. Once again, thank you for coming back to the show. It's always a pleasure having you on. No here. problem.
3: Like I said, whenever you guys need an extra hand, I know Jeremy's usually sometimes busy, so I don't mind coming on it because this is like my second home, you know.
0: Uh-huh. No, he's not. Unbi- he's not even busy. He's just somewhere bitching about something. He's probably not, he
3: probably didn't even work. He's probably looking at fucking sales and shit. Everything yeah. I've read in our fucking group chat
0: recently is just him bitching about something. I'm just like fucking Jeremy, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ, never stops.
2: That's uh, I was sense. like, I was like, dude, I know people that work on barges for fourteen days in a row, each. Time they work, you know, fourteen days on, seven days off, yeah. and they bitch less than you. And these are cold ass barges. Yeah. He's, he's just turning in the fucking
3: more from fucking family He was working,
2: uh what, a fourteen, a 13, a twelve day job or something. And yeah. He's like, "This is killing me." I'm like, "Dude, these guys sleep on the barge." Come fucking do my job. Come pack out some
3: paint, buddy. Oh fuck, dude, man. <laughs> Try being a maker,
0: man. My dad was—he'd tell me stories where he'd work. uh you know they'd work 120 days straight. You know, 12, 14 hour days, 120 days straight, no days off.
3: You go in there, you work, get it done, and you're out.
0: Isn't that fucked? Yeah, yeah man, yeah. That's, that's in fucking. Yeah, yeah but
3: anyways, like I said, I'll always pleasure to come on the show whenever you guys need me, whenever I have time. But as always, I do have my other show to run, <laughs> which kind of the next name drop our next episode that's coming. Out. No, you're not allowed why
0: (laughs) just fucking with you man drop that shit
3: well next episode is going to be our creature feature special which was originally supposed to be in fucking October with the original fucking variation of this but we actually added a film to it so it's going to be even better and better because we have the creature feature teacher on now Matt so it's going to be awesome we're doing humanoids from the deep chud and fuck I forgot the other film Oh, the Prophecy, the fucking Mune Beer one.
0: I love Humanoids from the Deep, man. It's a very rapey film. Yeah, it's The Shape of the
3: Water of the 80s. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's good shit. All right, cool. man. Cool. Uh, JP, you want to take us out of here then? Yeah,
2: here. if you guys would be so kind, make sure you check out the Patreon uh, Patreon.com slash 22 podcast. If you ever want us to cover something, that's how to do it And I'm just going to throw this out here now Our schedule tends to dip in the summer a little bit So chances are that we might scale back the amount of tiers The amount of available tiers that there are Because I think right now there's like two for featured reviews That would probably drop down to one uh as well as like the trilogy thing we haven't worked out the details yet but you know now's yeah, the time where, to get. it comes in. the worst i could always like say mine
1: well
2: I, we wouldn't we wouldn't want people to pay for stuff that we're not going to deliver in well, a timely manner so well. we would just change it and and lower the amount because we'd probably be doing less shows uh, but yeah. So just keep that in mind that you know n- now's our prime season. Well, not our prime season. That's usually Octoberish area. But right now we have a lot of free reign on what we want to do. So um, keep that in mind that it's probably going to change in the future. So if you have something you really want us to cover, like the Carrie franchise,
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> <you and laughs> Even King, <and> Carrie, <laughs> um.
2: I was actually very happy that stepfather won in that poll because I didn't want to do the reanimator. Trilogy I didn't even yet.
0: realize that poll was for an actual episode.
2: Yeah. That's I had funny
0: no cause... idea. Cause I actually even voted.
2: <laughs> I didn't realize. Yeah. <laughs> we, was... we actually get, somebody was charged twice for the hellraiser show.
1: Yeah. The right. guy
2: who ordered the hellraiser show was charged twice. So we threw him a, an additional, uh, trilogy to pick, um, along with a commentary. Just because I felt so bad, because it was like you know that's that's a lot of money to just take again, you know. Yeah. And uh, even though like it wasn't us who did that, like he had to have you. You're, if you don't want it charged again, you have to change your Patreon thing. Yeah. Um. But, so, he said he would just let the group decide what, out of a few on what we wanted to do. So, um, yeah. So that that's how the stepfather show came about, which I'm excited for. I've been wanting to do that for a long time and uh besides that you know the facebook group facebook.com slash group slash 22 shots podcast awesome group check it out we have a blast there every day um our youtube channels D jay uh 32 (laughs) double shot J for me uh and i've been doing a ton of videos lately i hope you guys Definitely check him out because like I'm having fun doing YouTube again and the Horror Man's no, back. No, th- don't check cool it. Part. Don't check out his fight. He doesn't watch
0: anybody else's except for. Yeah, Apparently. I do. I
2: watch the Horror Man's. I watch he Derek's. He
3: I
0: watch like, Jay and Jerry's.
2: I commented on one of Derek's the other day. Um, yeah, I watched. You some. watch the
0: Derek video. You don't even watch mine.
2: <laughs> you put out too long of updates, man.
0: Oh yeah, and you're fucking seventy-five fucking minutes. I I, I haven't even posted an update. <laughs> I'm Like how, dude? Actually, actually speaking of that man, I was gonna record mine tomorrow. It's gonna be stupid. Gonna
2: be stupid. I watched your Valentine's Day top ten.
0: Oh yeah, you know what? Fuck yeah! So last Tuesday, I t- I still have the stack of movies sitting in front of me here, but I went to go record a top ten Tuesday. Forgot totally out. didn't do it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we'll just just chop it in half and do a top five friday
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah i'm gonna fucking do this video i might record it tomorrow I gotta edit the yeah. show and now
2: fuck so um yeah check twitter all the good stuff emails 22 shots moods and dot com. voicemail lines open i don't know when we, like nobody's called so um
3: yeah I think it's uh, time for Brando to make a guest appearance. No,
2: no, 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 no. That's <laughs> oh, my own Brando. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but that's it. That's that's it. Um, check check out oh. our letterbox too, because we we have. I I love letterbox. I'm kind of a fan of it now. It's kind of my thing. Um.
3: By the way, Moose, When did you ever copyright the question mark on Letterboxd? How did I what? Not uh, Oh, just the
0: question mark? Yeah, I don't know. I just I just put I, the question mark there until after the show comes out, and then I'll put the ratings on.
2: I did that before. Oh, did you? What? No, you did No, you, yeah. no, you didn't. Oh, oh, I didn't even shit. notice. I am pretty sure that I, uh, Mood started that.
0: Oh, really? I have no idea. I just – my letterboxing <laughs> was my two words and then my rating, and if I didn't want to reveal my ratings, I just put a question mark. I don't know. I didn't yes. think about it.
2: Yeah, I basically will reveal ratings to things that we're not covering in featured reviews. Featured reviews, I'll just wait till after we're done, and then I'll put them up.
0: I actually have Death Wish on here, but uh, I have a question mark next to it because it's going to be... Yeah. Hopefully I remember yeah. the goddamn film by next week. Well, okay,
2: so next week, guys, we're either doing a Eli Roth spotlight, which will include Green Inferno, not Cabin Fever because that'll be a separate show um and then
0: knock knock
2: knock. knock, knock, as well as the new death wish film um yes death wish is not a horror film per se obviously um i guess the original was like a revenge film there's an original franchise i'm actually going to make it my goal to watch the original death wish before i go see this new one uh which i do own on dvd now I um, actually hunt four Death Wish films, actually, which is pretty cool. Uh, and, yeah, so that, that we're doing an Eli Roth spotlight or The Strangers 1 and 2. Most likely it'll be Eli Roth because we don't think that Moods is getting The Strangers. But it's me bagatory. and Jeremy will both have watched The Strangers by then. So it'll probably pop up in what we watch for Strangers 2. Sweet.
3: Nice. Good shit, man. Jeez. Let's get the fuck out of here. Deuces. Peace.
2: Peace. Aaron, go brack. What do you have to do? My, somebody needs some piss to pass the drug test. My, my buddy
0: you. fucking messaged me up tonight. He's like, yo, man, can you do me a favor? I'm like, what? He's like, yo, man, my buddy needs uh, some clean piss. Do you want to help him out tomorrow? <laughs> I'm
1: like, what the
0: <laughs> fuck? Are you serious? I've done <laughs> that many times. I'm like, I guess. I'm like, yeah, I got no problem with that. I guess, fuck, I've never been asked for my piss before. Dude, I, I have. have piss away. My so, piss is not I have clean times.
2: Clean now, so Don't ask.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't do drugs, so I'm clean. hey, run
2: water. I really don't do drugs either anymore. You said you smoked weed like two nights ago yeah but i i but, don't but that was then that. So <laughs> <you> go, <laughs> listen i was like last uh i think it was like last it was 2016 like the the fall of 2016 i was smoking weed like every day because i was talking to dave about it a little bit because is dave still smoking heavy I don't think so. Yeah. So anyway, we were talking about it and I was like, oh, yeah, like I, I haven't smoked in the longest time or whatever. So my grandma smokes weed like all the time. So medical. I was like, what's that?
0: Is it medical or, I I no, it's just,
2: or something? <laughs> it's just weed. She's always smoked weed my whole life. Uh. Um, I usually buy it for her because she doesn't have any connects. But um, I was like, hey, maybe I'll start, you know, smoking this. I, I never liked it that much. Because I always would get paranoid. So I always like never smoked weed growing up. Like even when I was like a teenager, like I would kind of avoid weed. And I was like, maybe I should try it now that I'm an adult. (laughs) And like uh, I I was like, I'll just smoke a little bit of it so it doesn't fuck me up. And I did, and I was like, oh, like this is fine. I started smoking it before I went to work. I started smoking it after I got off work. I started smoking it before I went to my second job. And then it was cool. And I was like, What your second job? I was working at the other hotel. I think I told you guys a while ago, back in like 2016, towards the end of the year, I was working at the other hotel that my company built. I was getting ready. It was just a temporary thing, but it was nice extra money for a little bit. But so I was doing that, and I was like, I was driving home, and I was like, felt like the man. I was like, I was like, I was like, always wondered how these fuckers can smoke weed and go through life normally, and. I can never do that. If I smoked weed, I'd be grounded on a couch for fucking three hours. And I'd be paranoid that the police were coming or something. And all of a sudden, I felt good, and I was like, "Dude, I'm awesome! I can smoke weed now. Movies are more interesting. All this good stuff." And then I was like, "I, I was, I, cause I was only hitting a little bit. Like I was just put a tip of it in the cigarette or something. Like empty a little bit of the cigarette out and put some in the tip. And then I was like, my grandma just oh. the tip." <laughs> my, my grandma had a ball and I was like, let me hit that and I hit it and then I went and drove somewhere And then all of a sudden it fucking hit me. I was like, oh my god. This is why I don't smoke weed I was so paranoid. I didn't know where I was like I knew where I was, but I kept second-guessing myself I was like that is a straightaway. It's a straight line to where I was going But I kept thinking I went <sighs> off on or something. I didn't know where I was and I'm sitting there freaking out and I'm like I just got to get home and It was all because I wasn't really getting that high when I, I was only hitting a little tiny bit But I thought I just got built up a tolerance to it to where I was like Oh, this was must be what normal people feel like when they get high cuz they're so used to it But no it wasn't it's was just I wasn't getting high that much and then I was like fuck I'm done and I didn't smoke until yesterday and that was like a over a year. <laughs> I Can't so, do, I don't know how people do that shit all the time
3: easy you smoke, Yo, Derek? On and off.
2: What about Andy? No, nah, man, I have that same problem you do. I get way too paranoid. See, I fucking can't do it, man. I freak out. <laughs> the
3: the man, best two-ton. moment of my weed smoking fucking days is when I used to watch Bush speeches stoned because <laughs> he's just a goofy motherfucker. <laughs> that was just fucking me up. I'm that. the exact
0: same way, man. That's I stopped smoking weed when I was like 20. I'm a paranoid fucking I wreck, ju- man. I just, yeah, I, I can't do anything, dude. I'm like, I smoke and I'm like, I'm like fucking smoky on that angel dust and shit, dude.
2: <laughs> in <laughs> the chicken coop. <laughs> yeah, man.
3: Yeah. Two,
0: that, that's me right the there. The two times I tried it, the two times I tried it, it made my anxiety like way worse. Like, I ended up in the corner crying.
3: <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Fuck, oh, killing me over here. <laughs> I never, I never like, smoked so anything real. in my life, so I wouldn't know. Brandon, <laughs> what's that, Zach? I don't that's smoke. Killing
0: me over here, fucking Sam! Stop it.
3: <laughs> I like, used
0: to. That's crazy. It actually made your anxiety worse, there. Eh?
3: You you <laughs> used to smoke I weed, Brandon? Smoke. Yeah. If you guys watch my frogs review on YouTube, I was fucking stoned out of my mind in that review. I
0: remember, I remember you told me that, Derek. I laughed. <laughs> I <would laughs> Why, roll why did my,
2: you stop smoking, Brandon? I would roll joints in my videos. And I, I just
1: I got real got, sick. Sick. That, yeah, my, my buddy like Matt who texted me today—he
0: smokes weed all day, every day, and you—he just—he's yeah, always the same. Like he's too. always the same. Like you, you don't even—it's fucked. Like he just functions completely normal. That's why I take a it's break because I want to. I get can't the...
2: do it, man. I don't know how fuckers function normal, dude. I like seriously get so fucking. Oh my god! Like last night, I was like, I started watching Food of the Gods. I was like, I can't fucking watch this, and I had to watch like Casino because it was like happier. Even you should watch I'm, Frogs.
3: Frogs. Casino
2: happier. <laughs> <laughs> you do. I don't know. know not not
3: really, but it you was Jew like. You
2: motherfucker, you. <laughs> I started thinking of. Like, I don't know. Like It's fucking weird, man. It's like. It's funny sometimes. You, hmm. You're I thinking fucking nice. Joe. You made oh. me fucking
1: take your eye out. Joe Pashy makes me laugh. That, I what guess that's it? what it is. <laughs>